and he this is some shit this is the shit he said it very coherently which was scary he was like uh do you think the cops will be able to make it here in time whoa okay. and that shit was coherent i fucking heard yeah. i fucking yeah, oh, i understood just, you put yeah. <laughs> i understood every word of that yeah um and then so uh he comes at me right and we start wrestling and this is the thing i was talking about like i fought him off like he was not a good fighter right. he was tall and lean maybe he could have been but like he was kind of a pussy dude. <laughs> and uh we we're fighting and like we we're fucking wrestling around the computer room knocking shit over and then there's the computer room and then there's a little uh back hallway there's the laundry there's like a bathroom wash and then into the kitchen like entrance into the kitchen we wrestled that we were like fighting like struggling physically through that whole way knocking everything over. go to the kitchen knock the fucking answering machine over knock fucking you know dishes and shit everywhere and i get him off me i get him off me and then i'm like uh, i'm like i'm trying i'm still trying to defuse it i don't want to fight him and uh i was like you, you look man like i know you're going through a hard time uh i love you but i'm not gonna do this and i i, I walk away i turn my back on him Right, you should never. They say walk away from a fight, but you shouldn't walk away. You, you should away. back away. Yeah. Right. Hunter Thompson says some shit. Is like you don't ever turn your back. You turn your back on someone. Don't turn your back on a drug. Yeah. Right. So I turn my back, and then he fucking gets me in, a, in a, like a rear naked choke, and he gets me in a rear naked choke, and he has me on the stairs, and I'm like struggling to fight, and I don't remember this whole thing like verbatim. Right. Did, did it feel like he was trying to hurt you yeah. or trying to intimidate you? It's like trying, trying to like physically yeah. dominate me, hurt me. I don't know. Yeah. But uh. But so it wasn't the point. he wasn't trying to kill you. He was trying to assert himself. I suppose, man. But like, it seemed pretty. It cool. was, you, he was on drugs. You don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. know. I mean, maybe just angry and shit. But so I don't remember exactly what happens. Either I get out or he lets me out. Right? He lets yeah. me out. I think it was he lets me out. And then I'm like, I'm like fucking holding my neck. Like never, I never been choked out before. Right? Yeah. You know, get out, and I'm like trying to like collect myself. And he starts like screaming at me, and he's just like, you know, clean this shit up. And then I just, I kind of had this feeling of like, you know, shame, embarrassment, anger. It was like, dude, I have your back. I'm defending you to mom. I'm defending you to grandma. I'm defending you to everybody. Right? Everyone's like, Mike Mike is a drug addict. He's a piece of shit. And I was like, no, man, Mike's cool. He's just having a hard time. And then I felt so angry, dude. And uh, he, so like, I fucking pipe back up at him. I'm like, no, fuck you, man. And then he comes like, who's like, what? And then he tries to like come back at me. And uh, I had some friends over earlier that day and we were smoking weed and somebody like they just like one guy, he had a little knife and they just left it over there. Right. So I I had it in my pocket. And uh, so he comes at me again. And, uh, you know, I don't remember exactly how everything happens. But so I, I come at him. I meet him. Right. He's coming at me. I meet him. I slam him up against his door and uh, I kind of I kind of black out. And I, I, I popped him at like around the clavicle area with the knife a couple of, like two times. I don't remember doing it twice. I remember doing it once. I don't remember doing it. I, I hit him twice. And then I drop it and I'm just like, holy shit, dude. Like what the fuck can I just do? Hey everybody, this is Tom Goss, the host of Leaving the Tribe. Today's episode of the Austin Train. Uh, talking about we jump around a bunch we talk about uh i mean he, he describes uh, juvie uh he talks about growing up in a pretty chaotic family uh talks about losing his brother uh which happened very recently and i absolutely appreciate um how open and honest he was about everything on this show uh please follow him 
on Twitter and Instagram at Austin underscore train. Uh, I uh, have a Patreon. We'll just release an episode with guests of Leaving the Tribe, Jordan Lee and Nicole Buchanan. Um, and there's some riffs and some mental breakdowns on there. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun chaotic episode of, of, uh, leaving the tribe or of the paywall. I'm still figuring out guys, if you, if you're interested in the Patreon, it's more of a me Patreon. I'm still figuring out exactly the content that's going to be on there. I know there will be a lot of guests from this show on there. But if you want to, if you want to go ahead and support me, I appreciate it. Don't, you know, don't feel bad if you can't. You can always appreciate it. Um, I want to give a couple quick shout outs uh, to Full 90 Design, who designed my artwork for this. Uh, Andrea Guzetta, who designed my album artwork, which uh, the pre-sale for that will be up soon. I will announce that. Uh, uh, also Morgan Astle, Astle, uh, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Morgan Astle, who my roommate is laughing at me, uh, right now. <laughs> Fuck. What a, what a terrible intro. Asshole. Thank you for, thank you for your support. Uh, she's done a lot of d- different, uh, art based off of the show. Um, and also I want to thank the very first, uh, pleasure of, um, uh, tribe sponsor, uh, t- the shout out to your Sarah Edstrom. Thank you so much. Uh, please follow the show as well leaving tribe pod at leaving tribe top at leaving tribe pod i'm so mumble look i've been working i've been i've been i woke up and been working and yesterday was the same same thing same thing so i'm sorry this is a little disorganized i'm not doing another take because i have to <laughs> i have a good bunch of other shit to do but but thank you follow leaving the tribe uh on social media at leaving tribe pod uh and me at goss goss six um yeah, this is an intense one. It, I mean, uh, can't tell you enough how thankful I am that Austin was uh, as emotionally honest as he was on the show. Um, trying to think if there's any other little housekeeping things. I told you guys the album's going to be out, uh, or it's going to be out on pre-sale soon. Um, mean Boys is we we got one more, but we're pretty much done. So if you listen, if you listen to that. Thank you for everything. The live show was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll talk more about that on that show. But it was it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. The last live show. Um, I think that's 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 most of it. Uh, oh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please, that is a as a thing that really helps the show. You know, leaving the reviews makes a huge difference uh, in terms of just looking good in terms of just, you know, uh, making it seem like people listen to the show, which you do. I, I, I appreciate how much of you care about this show, um, even though it's it's still a very young show. And oh, speaking of which, on the Mean Boys Discord, there's now a Leaving the Tribe page where people can talk about it. And so, thank you to Alexis Dent for putting that up on uh, on the Discord. Um, so, uh, I think I think that's all the housekeeping. But uh, uh, 
once again can't can't tell you all how thankful I am that you st- give a shit about the show. Uh, and this is a really good episode. Um, we, we we start talking about comedy and end talking about suicide, and there's everything in between. Uh, but please um, enjoy this episode with Austin Train. There's no such thing as a perfect setup. There's no, no such thing. I love the idea of, of ghetto. I mean, we, we we were able to, the old podcast out. That was ghetto rigged the show. <laughs> fucking ramshackled and tearing apart. But oh yeah. I, I I enjoy doing shit. Oh dude, some of the best like comedy shows. There's I mean you know maybe you have a stage, maybe you don't. It, it's like some weird and it's just sometimes it's not even about your setup. It's just about the setup or just like the circumstances around it. Like there's yeah. people there and there's pumped to see some comedy it might not even be the best room for comedy or whatever but absolutely it's a perfect storm of like circumstances we just did we just did the last last live mean boys and we, literally the stage was a pile of trash <laughs> we did a pile of trash it was overflowing into the street we couldn't fit enough people it was fucking awesome wait a minute how did you it was like so you're just all on top of a pile of trash or was it like a wooden board over the no, trash no it was just like I mean it was we did it in front of the trash cans and there's so much trash <laughs> overflowing I'll show you a picture if you want but it was just like we were just standing we were standing right in front of it but like we were standing on top of it it, it you know it. but it doesn't it doesn't matter I feel like people get very caught up in like uh is it nice? Is it official? Is it? It's a, it doesn't matter. No, yeah. I mean, actually, I kind of like that setup. That's just a real. It's usually for like the mean boys. It's oh, just yeah. like you're just surrounded by. Coffee. No, it's super. That's yeah, gritty, dude. I like I like that grit. You know, that's just like kind of like. I love grit. We don't have to be flashy. We can just be a little fucking dirty. Yeah, well, that's what comedy is supposed to be. Dirty. It's a dirty. It's a dirty yeah. art. You know, well, especially like I certainly feel like American stand up has kind of a different. Uh, you know, it has the vaudeville history, and vaudeville is just trash. You know, right? Like, no, 100%. oh, that fucking, I like that. They're just trash. Yeah, that's all real. People are like, that's really cool. You guys decorated the set. I'm like, oh no, no, smell it. It's real. Is that just somebody's pad? Is just somebody's backyard? That's my old. That's the old home. Oh shit, dude! And then there's fucking. You have the uh, the rock uh, cardboard cutout on yeah. top of the on top of the roof, and then it says sperm bank yeah. right underneath. <laughs> we still dude. the sperm bank aside from uh, Comedy Central. That fucking uh, rules. Yeah, it's it, it was uh it was a fun show. I started the show on the roof. I started handing out uh, I, I handed out stickers. I started handing out swords. Uh, yeah, and just uh, giving away. Swords. Just giving out swords. Yeah, man, was, that could go uh, poorly very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I love poorly quickly. I love oh yeah, it. you can't. Yeah, sometimes it just the shit's just gonna get fucked up. It doesn't matter. You can lean yeah. into it. You can lean out of it. It's still you're still gonna be in a whirlpool of shit. Yeah, that's it. Th- like, <laughs> look, everything goes great. Everything goes horrible. It's not gonna change much. So just do it the way you want to do it. And that's that's actually. I mean, that's one of the reasons I fucking I, I dig both like your attitude and your comedy. Man, is like you. You fucking. We've done a couple shows together. We don't know each other super well. No. But immediately, I was like, "This is a cool fucking dude." Because I'm very, I'm very attracted to comedy, and I try to keep at the core of my set a very like dark, personal. Yeah. Shit yeah. That you're making funny to an audience on subject matter that is honest. And yeah. You're, you're yeah. making it funny. It's not inherently funny. You're making it. Funny. Yeah. Exactly. And I fucking you know uh, we've done we've done two shows together down in San Diego and you fucking. Uh, 
both times i was like this this dude's talking about some real shit and I, loved, <laughs> I loved it i loved it thank you that's, that's kind of been a more of a recent turn honestly since i moved so my comedy's been like it's changed a lot oh, i mean it should and that's that's yeah. i think that's good i guess but when i first started off i did i actually started off kind of clean oh really yeah i started off kind of clean and then i started getting into like talking about sex a lot and i had some but i always had like a few dark jokes here and there and then i kind of got away from that and then I moved to la and i'm like oh i have to like you know, it's like what was the the fucking uh, Dark Knight Rises? Like you were born, I was born in the darkness. Right. You just adopted it. I just had to kind of adopt the darkness. Yeah, because this is an evil place. Like people, people like fantasize about L.A., but honestly, it's different from the rest of Southern California. You're an Orange County guy. I'm a San Diego guy. Yeah. Well, I moved. I lived in San Diego as a kid too. I moved all around. But it, it, L.A. is different yeah. from the rest of the Southern California. It's 100%. it's a, a totally different beast. It's, it's different from the rest of the West Coast. It has a totally different vibe. Totally different people. Yeah, like the rest of the West Coast, all the big cities, everyone's pretty friendly. Like even in San Francisco, even though it's like kind of like an East Coast style city, people are pretty friendly. Portland, Seattle, San Diego, all kind of like. But then L.A. is just this different beast there's nothing friendly about los angeles i i went to have you done comedy in new york yet yeah yeah dude when i when i went out there i was like the the whole attitude like you can make it here you can make it anywhere this is the toughest place to be i was like oh no it's it's los angeles now i'm sure it was in la i know the weather is you know colder in new york yeah but in terms of like keeping your sanity in, in, in a place I, I genuinely think LA people were so much nicer in New York than I ever experienced before. yeah yeah that's what I that's what I expect like I didn't expect that at all like well when I first went to New York I was like a couple years like a few years back right yeah. didn't I did mainly mics and yeah I did a, like one book show in a like a French restaurant or something um, but you know I, I, the first I get off the taxi uh, the first taxi I grab a taxi cab because I didn't know how to get like the lift because I guess right. they got different rules or whatever so I grab a taxi cab it's this old guy and then he's like, "Hey, I do I do a joke about this, so this is just like I made it into a joke." But then I, I walked, you know, I waited in line. All right, and then this this old guy, and he's like, "Hey, where are you where are you going?" And I was like, uh, "Going to um, I was staying in an Airbnb in Brooklyn," and he just screams like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, so this is New York. Okay, I get it. Uh, and then uh, I had to give him directions to where I was going. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking, this is why we're getting, this is why taxi cabs are going away right. because you scream fuck in my face. Yeah. And then I have to, I have and to fucking you give you, I have to you. give you directions to where I'm going. Right. And I guess, I guess they get mad because if they get a Manhattan ride, they get a ride into Manhattan, it's like 70 bucks easy. So yeah. like a ride to Brooklyn was like 35 bucks or whatever. Uh, and that's what he was upset about. But then after that, like everyone was pretty cool. I think that the, everyone thinks about New York from like sixties and seventies taxi driver, fucking uh, uh, austerity New York when all the money was gone and crime. And it's different. It's New York and San Francisco now. There's so many rich people. They're incredibly gentrified. And but they're they're like a they're a city. It's like a structured city, yeah. right? So there's still like this function. L.A. is just inherently fucked. Yeah. It's not a city. It's like six. Like and this is somebody else's. Somebody did a bit about this, and I don't remember who. There's some comics, so I'm not gonna take credit for it. But basically, it's like six or seven cities that like like fucking merge together, like the the monster in uh, yeah. Kira. 
Like he just keeps consuming every, and that's yeah. like what LA is. It's just this animal that just keeps consuming. All right, now Downey is part of now Long Beach. Right. Now fucking the valleys. It just gobbling everything up. Yeah. And the same thing, honestly, the same thing with the entertainment industry. It is gobbling everything that it used to ignore up now, just for fucking more. Fe- like all right, right, comic books. We never gave a fuck. All right, comedy. Oh, look how big comedy can be, and just gobbling. I and mean, honestly, that's also like capitalism in a sense. It's just like I mean, it's, it's, it's what it yeah, is, yeah. It, it co-ops like everything. You can't exist outside of it. It will just fucking yeah. consume you. And it's a, it's a bummer because you know you you do a thing and you get into it and you want to be an artist and you realize it's the most capitalistic. Oh, it is. It's so exploitative here. Like especially yeah. the entertainment. I mean, because the the L A has pretty decent unions for like like uh, like laborers and like skilled right. stuff like that. But for entertainment, you know, because it's all individuals. So it's like I saw for the Actors Guild, they managed to unionize at a perfect point in American history. But you can never really have like a comics union because it's like oh, we're all comedy has this like weird. Uh, not like politically but it is anarchist in a certain sense that it's just like you and me and we either like choose to work together or we don't we're not like a collab we're not necessarily collaborative but we can choose to be so whereas like other industries are very like structured right they're very like uh, you gotta be actors and grips and you have to have this crew and there has to be this top down structure or like improv where everyone has to like co-opt into it stand up is like you can exist on your own you can exist with other people you can kind of it's just totally up to you I do think at some point there will be a comedian union, and I think it will be the the final nail in the coffin, <laughs> death to the art form. Because well, it, 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 it's it's it is an individualistic. You know, it, I don't know. I just feel like, and maybe maybe I am romanticizing the idea of like if you want to be a part of a union, you get a writer's job, you get an acting job, you get like you know if you get a certain level in comedy, yeah, that becomes easier. Sure, but then there's also the like the problem when you get like groups and organizations sometimes is like you get kind of groupthink. Sometimes you act in the best interest of the hierarchy of the group instead of the best interest of yeah. you know the utilitarian. Like, all right, fifty one percent. If fifty one percent are doing good, all right, we'll make this decision. Then it starts to like institutions will defend themselves even if it's like fucking everything else. Like it, you know, politically, historically, right. an institution will fucking dig in and just be like, no, we're gonna we're doing this. Yeah, it doesn't matter what fucking destruction we're causing around oh, us. Oh yeah, there's we don't I care. The other day that <laughs> tell you on the podcast, but off off air. I'll oh hell yeah, dude! It was exactly. I'm like, wow, that is fucking so bizarre and evil to me. But that's and that's why. But that's also what exactly what you're saying is why I, I it will be the death of stand up. Is it's supposed to be an independently thought out medium that is not. It should be a platform where you don't have to compromise. Acting is is the art is compromise is working with somebody yeah. else it's built you know well but you still might have to compromise to get more and more opportunities sure. to to further yourself sure. but there's still the thing with stand up where like look it's gonna sound bitter and like look we all have a little bit of bitterness and you know we have to like kind of even oh, that not out me <laughs> I'm a happy boy hundred oh, yeah, percent <laughs> no but like you still see some people who like. I think one person will decide that they're funny and then everyone else will just kind of go along with it. And it's right. like, and then people at like maybe a lower level who, who aren't trying to be like, oh, they're not worried about being booked or whatever. They're like, yeah, this person's not good. Like how many times, like my friends were in San Diego and then I don't want to say who exactly they saw. They saw this headliner who's very funny. He's a really funny guy. Right, right. And then one of his features... Well, they had, like, a, a local guy hosted. He barely did, like, any time. He mainly yeah. had to do, like, announcements about, like, hey, look at our happy hour menu or something. Right, right. His feature 
bombed horrendously and then like did that thing where they turn on the crowd and it's yeah. like well you guys and it's like well, you just you can just own the bomb you can just yeah you can just but that'll happen right so somebody will I'll like you for whatever reason right I'm let's say I'm a big fancy headliner and then you know you give me good coke or right. fucking or maybe you're fucking me and I take you on the road with me and then it's like oh yeah but you're maybe you're not doing so good yeah it's no. not, that's not a meritocracy that's still the part of the fucking um that's true we, look, we all do nepotism it's like it's okay to yeah. an extent but like at the same time it can fuck up a comedy show yeah because i had a friend of mine was saying like if you book solid features everyone's going to associate like you you're not going to be if you're scared of like having a feature outdo you nobody's going to even remember that a lot of people don't even think about judging the comics against each other they're just going to be like oh i had a really good time exactly but if you book a trash feature and they bomb people are going to be like oh yeah he was they you know he or she or they were good but then the feature fucking opener just ate it they just sucked yeah. and you're well, like was, how did they get this yeah you know yeah the, the the nepotism it's it's true I, but I, we all do it we all do it oh, you know 100 I, I was doing i was doing a show and i was hanging out with the headliner and uh he was like i'm gonna bring you on the road with me yeah and i was like you haven't seen me go up you don't even know if i'm funny he's like you're fun to talk to yeah and then i had I, I went up i had my studies like i can't bring you on the road because you'd be i'm worried you'd be a difficult person to follow oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i gotcha <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, and that, but that's just part of it. That's just part of it. There's no point thinking about it because it, it makes you. Yeah, you can't really boil it. You can't really boil anything down to like because we all want to. We all want shit to be like a meritocracy, but it's does not. It, you you can't because it's so that's impossible to gauge. There's way too many variables to say who deserves this, especially yeah. with stand up because it's like every every night you go up. There's so many variables. Who there's fucking 150, 200 people in the crowd. Each one, how was their day? How are they feeling now? Is there anything on their mind? Do they have like, are they are they worried about the babysitter? Are they worried about like, oh maybe their fucking mother's in the hospital? Right. And you know, are they not really paying attention? Are they going through a breakup? Are they are they but are they fully invested? And then also acid. Yeah. Are they on acid? Are they freaking out? They having a bad trip? Yeah. Is like, is it a good night for the wait staff? Are people getting their drinks? Are they getting their drinks too fast? Are they getting too drunk? How are you? feeling you know are you go are you doing good are you fucking sad are you happy are you angry are you stressed out uh you know all these other things that go into it and it's like you can't perfectly judge people against each other with so many variables and you can you know maybe you can judge people more efficiently the more times you see them go up but you know we were saying earlier one set tells you nothing about somebody oh 100 percent, right because enough people can like you know every now and then somebody's gonna lean into one and just have a fucking yeah there's a guy down in san diego he's this old guy and he would just do joke book jokes you know and we all like made fun of him for it but he kind of kept to himself Uh, he would like bring it's weird because he'd bring like a different older Asian woman with him sometimes when he'd go but it'd always be a different one and I was like wow this guy's I mean this guy's fucking this guy's living it up but one night the crowd it was just an open mic crowd but there was like a decent crowd there and he just like we everyone did well but he just fucking like he just he put us all to shame and we're just like alright this just happens there's nothing I can do about that it happens I've also seen some of the best that ever lived I've seen both Bill Burr and David Tell bomb Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I, working at the store, I, I'm sure you see these phenomenal comedians have bad sets all the fuck. Sometimes time. it's kind of fun. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Now you're down here with the rest of us. Yeah. You thought you were so big, huh? Right. Well, it's also just it's just I think it's also just nice to see like you know. And we were talking about this outside. Everyone's human. Yeah. And everyone's gonna everyone's gonna make mistakes, and it's just like it's all about putting one foot up, you know, in front of the other. And that's yeah. all you can really do is just keep 
pricing. Yeah. And that's a big part that people forget is like the human element of like entertainment or like stand up or whatever, right? Because like you're gonna, your friends are going to give you things and yeah. people are going to be like, well, that guy, I don't think that guy's funny, but it's like, look, I want to give my friends things. There's my, like, sometimes, you know, you'll talk to, a lot of people do it, like, calculatedly. Like, yeah. I'm going to get this person to like it. Some people are really good at it. I'm horrible at oh, it. Oh, me too. They thought I had fucking Asperger's when I was a kid. Right. Because it's just hard for me to make friends sometimes. Like, stand-up has helped because I can just kind of say all this crazy shit. Yeah. And then all the other stand-ups are like, oh, we can't, we're not going to judge you because we all right. say crazy shit all the time, too. But, yeah, like, just talking with some of the paid regulars, right, because it is a bit of a hierarchy, even though, like, it is kind of anarchy kiss the stand up but there is a hierarchy of like the headliner the right. paid regular the fucking this and it's sometimes talking with them like i was talking with uh one about music we had the same favorite band uh-huh. and we were just talking we we're just like talking about like uh, all the the artwork the guy who did the artwork for him and like all the music and it's like oh cool like i, I don't even care if you give me anything you know because that's kind of also in the back so of your mind but i just like talking to you yeah. because you like the same shit i do and that's fucking cool you're somebody on a different level but we still have this thing in common that we share, right? Yeah. So people can come from like very drastically different backgrounds and their lives are drastically different, but then they still have a shared common interest well, that can bring them together. Yeah, that's the most beautiful thing because I'm like you where I, I can't, I don't know how to just like, oh, that person has a thing. I don't know how to just walk up and connect with them. I don't know how to do that if they don't have a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but when it just <laughs> genuinely happens, that's, I mean, that's 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 the coolest part of kind of going out and doing comedies you know this is a very isolated feeling that we all you know yeah all the share and like oh cool it's you know we share at least that together uh, yeah especially when it's something like kind of niche you know because like a lot of people would like learn is a common thing people would like talk about sports and some i think yeah. some people don't even like sports they just like it's something you'd always talk to like for sure not every man but like you talk to a lot of men about just yeah. sports and you just say and then it kind of creates this connection right but like if you get deeper into the niche like oh you like this comic book or you like this particular artist or like whatever yeah that kind of gets deeper into when it's a more specific thing and then you find that connection you're like oh wow like i didn't know you don't think about connecting with people on a human level sometimes when they're like yeah. when they have this reputation you just kind of think of them as a thing but then it's like right. oh no you're like a person but you're like you happen to be very good at doing this thing yeah yeah but you're still like a, you're, just, a, you're like you're everyone doing, else you're a chick yeah you're just there <laughs> yeah you know it's it's all the same all the same fucking flesh and blood. By the way, I don't, I don't, I don't want to ask you about it because I know you have a bit about it. I don't want, I want to spoil it. But you're, but the uh, getting the diet, the autism thing. Yeah, you brought that up. Don't want you to spoil it. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you have a joke about it. It's, I think it's so fucking. Oh, thanks, man. It's so fucking funny. Um, they no, I so the thing was I was uh. I didn't talk. I wasn't. I didn't talk a lot. Uh-huh. But my mom is a hairdresser, so she just fucking mile a minute, huh. super loud, blah blah blah. And then I had two older brothers, and so like they were, uh, you know, the oldest one was kind of like like the alpha, like he was big and strong, real good at sports, and you know he was loud. And then the middle one, he had to be the funny one, yeah. right? So he was loud. And then I just didn't talk that much because yeah. I was like, oh. And then the do- like they took me to the doctor, and my mom and the doctor is like, no, he's he's fine it's just you guys fucking talk so much that he's right. like waiting for his turn <laughs> and his turn never comes yeah <laughs> how much older were they your brother uh fi- like they were like close to i think close to irish twins they're pretty you know like the, the year okay. and a half apart or whatever yeah um they were uh five and a half and like 
five and a half in like seven years okay. uh, older than me. But they're my half brothers. But we like grew up together. We had a different right. dad, same mom. We grew up together. So it's just like, yeah, it's just like your brother, right? You don't like think about it. Right. Yeah. No, if you grow up with them, that's... That's your, our family has like a really weird uh it's really deeply layered like all of my on my mom's side right she's the middle she has an older brother younger sister they've all been divorced uh a lot of weird family secrets like i have two cousins who are girls that my that are my aunt my, my mom's sister yeah and forever i thought they had the same dad Right, my uh, my uncle Gino. Was, I thought that was their dad. And then one day, this weird foreign guy just comes to my grandma's house when I'm hanging out with grandma. He's like, "Hey, my grandma's name was Arlene. My grandma's name is Arlene." And he was like, "Hey, Arlene, it's me, Gorn." And I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> and then I found out that was Gorn. That was the older, uh, the older uh, cousin's dad. But they had split up like when she was a baby, and then like she had uh, married you know my uncle and then they he just like raised he raised them yeah and i had no idea nobody like thought to tell me right that, like and i was like oh shit that makes sense because they look pretty different yeah like my my two cousins like one of them's like really fair-skinned kind of like uh, it's gorn guy was like eastern european like she had a little eastern right. european look and then my other cousin her dad was like half mexican half italian so she kind of has like you know little latin darker, yeah darker yeah. features dark hair um but yeah, there's a lot of weird like family. My family's very, and also the way like I'm my mom's youngest son. Uh huh. And then my my parents were like together for a little bit. They had me. They broke up. And then my dad has two other kids by a different woman. So right, I'm the youngest. I'm the oldest. I'm the middle child, and I'm the only child they had together. That's yeah. That's it's a weird. Yeah, it's a Are weird. Are you close thing. with the younger ones? No, we didn't grow up. I'm like 14 years older than them, and ah, I never, gotcha. I didn't like live. Uh, my dad wanted me to come live with him when I was a teenager in Orange County, <laughs> but they lived in a city in Orange County called Westminster, which kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you you OC boy, yeah. and also like my stepmom was, uh, she's like a cop, and she's like a mil- she's ex military ex cop, and like my fam- my early life was like not structured at all, and then my dad and her were all about structure, and I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna fucking, <laughs> I'm right. not gonna give up. Sleep Sleeping in all day yeah. to fucking come and like get woken up at eight to do chores. Why would I choose that? Yeah. Also, yeah. Also, in the yeah. worst part of Orange County, I don't want structure and fucking. <laughs> and fucking it's not. It's like sadder than a ghetto because at least a ghetto has like violence and like action. It's just a. It distracts you from the sadness because you're worried about like it's exciting. Yeah, danger is exciting. Danger doesn't let you get too sad because you're like in the back of your mind like, oh, I got to fucking right. dodge a bullet. I got. I might have to outrun some fucking people going to jump me. Yeah, and then like just when you but like those certain suburbs were just like. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Westminster. Nice, there are nicer parts of Westminster, but the parts it, it just feels like, it just feels it feels dull and gray. Hey, yeah, that's that's so much of like everyone talks about Southern California being like beaches, and like a lot of it is just kind of Arizona, but yeah. like with a, like a little bit less hot, basically. Oh, uh, yeah, driving driving through Texas and kind of feeling the difference between because I was like that's the desert, but when I got to like the border of california like nah this is this is the dead there's yeah. nothing here oh it's there's fucking nothing here i like the desert in the winter but like driving through that shit so the, that drive like to vegas can just be so depressing to see like these like oh yeah yeah it's, it was weird because we'll drive through like a town that has like 13 is a population of 13 like there's right. one was it like it's called gila bend I, I remember for some weird reason 
and I'm just like trying to think like what the fuck is your life like if you live here like what do you what do you do all day right right you got I mean you probably got to drive other places you drive the, the closer big cities but like how do you meet people like how yeah. do you fucking they don't how do you but like you I mean so you just like is your family like an arrange a marriage with somebody from like <laughs> right. Modesto or what like well, how does that happen yeah you know I don't know and a lot I mean a lot of those small towns it gets a little it gets a little incestuous I assume yeah, yeah. I mean right. honestly anywhere you go like you fucking work at a place it gets incestuous you know like right. that just happens yeah um but uh I mean back 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 to your family just wanted to double check it's cool we talk about this right yeah 100 percent yeah yeah um you you were close with your younger siblings. You had uh, your older siblings. It's, it's so funny that you just didn't talk. And the doctor was like, no, medically, you guys aren't giving him a chance. To well, I, I could talk. I just didn't talk very often. Yeah. Right? And, uh, yeah, they just were fucking so loud. Like, they were, they were very, like, my mom was, like, a very, like, loud figure. And then my brothers were, like, uh, kind of, like, you know those people like you growing up and they're almost like uh, neighborhood like celebrity like neighborhood legends right. like growing up they were really good at uh, we, we we played baseball it wasn't Little League it was called Youth Baseball or something like that and uh-huh. they played at this place called Tecolote Canyon in San Diego by Bay Park yeah. Mission Bay Area and they were my, my, my grandpa would like coach and like when my grandpa was still kind of like in decent shape he just like coached the shit out of my brothers my brothers were like the best like they fucking won all the, the all-star games all the MVPs right. so like they had these like larger than life figures to me as a kid um, and so I kind of I, and I wasn't that good at baseball either like I, I have uh, I need I had impaired vision right so I have like I'm nearsighted gotcha. I couldn't fucking see the baseball coming at me right. so I couldn't really live up to that and I used to kind of like worship. I used to like idolize them because they're like, yeah. oh, they, these guys can do anything, dude. They're so like, you know, my brother Anthony, the oldest, he was like the you know really good. I mean, they're both great uh, athletes. I mean, up until a point, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but you know, like he was like the big strong one. He was like a fighter. He was always like yeah. angry, like very alpha, like almost a little too macho. And then my brother Michael was the funny one because he kind of had to be right because it's like, all right, he's the fucking. I gotta like diffuse situations with right. like humor because i can't fight yeah it's, it was it was almost comical because my my brother anthony could fight like he wasn't like and i'm not saying like he's like the greatest fight but he could like scrap you know right. like you didn't have fear when it came to that shit. no but he like he's not the big he's like six foot you know like maybe he's like down to 180 now but he's kind of you know muscular build yeah and my brother mike was like bigger than him he's like taller right he's skinnier really skinny and uh, he couldn't fight at all, dude. Like, he couldn't. I mean, he could, he could beat me up until a certain point where I was like, uh, I mean, one time when I was like almost an adult, we got into it. And I remember like, he was trying to like grab me into it and like physically held him off. Yeah. Like, I'm shorter. I'm a lot shorter, but like, I'm more kind of bulky and I like right. have more weight on me. And I physically, and a lot of times like Mike would start shit with people at bars or like he'd talk, you know, he was a funny guy, but he also was a big shit talker. Right. He, and he a lot does. of his shit talking was mean. He would say me like, he wasn't funny, like a goofy guy. He was funny. Like he would talk shit. He would say some wild shit. Yeah. And he had good timing too, but he would say some fucked up shit. That was just a family thing. And then, so he would get into fights and then Anthony would come and just fucking, you know, so he was, right. I remember the Mike, Instantly trash. get a fight, and then I'd see Anthony fucking like march over and just handle shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They. They. they I mean, they were a little bit closer to me, right? They're closer in age. They had the same dad, so right. they kind of had the same. Um. We also got we got split up when I was a kid too. So I lived with them. We all lived together till I was like nine, 
and then we had a lot of family problems uh my mom uh her mom her mom and her never got along you know, there's like some of that weird mother daughter shit where they don't get along right um the you know the real mean to one daughter or the other and then they my mom kind of got like ostracized from the family over like money and like that kind of shit yeah and then at the same time she was dating this guy and the guy and my brothers didn't really get along they would get into like you know you know my mom my mom also had a temper and so did my brothers like they would get into fights you know sometimes i say my grandma's like come home there's like the coffee table was like smashed it's like what happened he's like oh mom put her foot through it right uh so yeah they didn't get uh, my brothers didn't go along with her boyfriend and my brothers were kind of acting up a lot uh they were in high school i was nine so they must have been like 15 14 15 16 so they were smoking weed you know they were like you know going out getting into problems you know getting homeless people to buy them booze and then my mom uh i guess one day she called up my grandma my dad's mom and was like hey uh i want you to come and uh get austin because i'm gonna call uh cps or i'm gonna call the, the boy's dad right i'm gonna call the the other boy's dad to come get them i can't deal with them anymore and if he won't come i'm calling cps to take them away Oh. Yeah, so I uh, then I went to go live with my grandma, and then they went to go live with their dad for a while, and then they bounced, they bounced between their dad and our grandma that we shared, and they bounced around a while. So then we kind of like got split up a little bit uh, for a while, and then I kind of grew up kind of on my own for a while at my grandma's house, and then I went back to my mom's house. And my brother Mike like lived there for a while, like kind of on and off. My mom would always kick him out, or like something would happen, right. you know, shit like did, that. I mean, did you did you did you miss him? Was it lonely? It was just you and your grandma. Yeah, no, I missed him a lot, dude. Like it was uh, <laughs> getting getting a little emotional. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Uh, yeah, dude, I missed like going from being like a part of something and just like, oh, I'm gonna tag along, and then just like being alone. Yeah. Just, like with the grandma, like grandma's not doing the same kind of shit mom's doing, right? Like mom's going out, so grandma's like, you know, grandma's a little tired, she's working in her garden, and then I'm just like sitting at home alone, like a lot. Uh, so that's like that's when I like really started getting depressed. Like it's like nine or ten. It's like fuck, you know. Yeah. I used to be like around everybody and like, you know, people complain about people, but it is important to be around other people, right? 100%. Like you need that connection, even though people are fucking annoying and they drive you crazy and shit. You still kind of just need a little bit of human yeah. contact, you know. Well, and especially like I feel like if you're the oldest or you're uh, an only child, you get used to being alone more often than if you have older siblings yeah exactly like you had no you had zero practice at like kind of being on your own you enjoyed being a part of the crew it's yeah you also like. just tag along it's like you're the youngest so you're just kind of like oh cool we're gonna do this so you like enjoy and observe the yeah place. like i was talking with my friend and he was saying like his older brothers played hockey so they so his parents just made him play hockey too it's just yeah. like oh good so we don't have to like worry about going all these different places right. so you just kind of tag along, and then you're on your own you're like oh what do i want to do and then some. A lot of times, as a kid, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. A lot of times, I was like, I'll just watch TV because I guess it's there. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I wasn't like super proactive about because I was just used to kind of tagging along with people and being like, oh, cool. I'm like, you know, it was fun too because like I was like their mascot because I was younger. Right. And uh, they used to they used to do like some like traveling basketball stuff. And during halftime, like my mom bought me. Fuck, it was a Supersonics jersey, and I forget what player it was. It was, I think, either Ray Allen or Sean Kemp, and I got that jersey, and so like I would go out to the free throw line and shoot free throws during halftime and then yeah. people would like it was kind of cute sometimes because people would like cheer and be like oh you know and it was right. like they're just like all chilling or like and then they're in the locker room or whatever and i'm just like shooting on the court 
Yeah. It was a lot of fun. But you kind of like, you're, like you're young. I was like that much younger. I was like, you're still a part of it. And you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're the mascot, you know, yeah. like you're not an active participant necessarily, but you're like, oh, this is a little cute kid we have around, you know? Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, going, going from that to nothing. Did you, I mean, how often did you guys talk when you guys were separated? <laughs> I didn't see him very much at all, dude. Like, I didn't yeah. even see my mom's side of the family. I see my mom every now and then, but she was like with her boyfriend. Uh, he's kind of a weird guy. He had like nieces that would stay over because like his nieces were like, you know, he, this guy came from like a kind of a bad background too. Like he was a smart guy, but his his family was like kind of like like redneck kind of trailer style. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, their, the, the, his nieces, like, their mom was, like, in and out of jail or some shit. And so she, they would stay with my mom, and they kind of, like, took attention away from me. Right. Because my mom, like, dude, my mom, <laughs> my mom wanted a daughter, and she had three boys. Because she wanted a daughter because, like, her mom was so mean to her. So she was like, oh, I'm going to get a daughter, and I'm just going to love her. Yeah. So my mom would always, like, find, like, she would adopt these women or girls and like and later like women like as we got older like she owned hair salon like there'd be younger like cute girls would come and like she'd kind of adopt them and but they're all like fucked up like a bunch of them were fucked up because they needed a mother figure yeah and so like they, a lot of them would just end up burning her like kind of like burning her on rent or just like not paying you know they have to rent a chair at the salon they would just like fucking burn her on that or burn her paying rent for like she let them live with her and uh, yeah, shit like that, and it's just like. But it was a thing where she just she wanted she wanted some sort of female presence and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I get it. I and mean, that's you know, understandable. Yeah, but then also, I'm sure that sucks if, if if you you know if you're one of the dudes, you're like, hey, it's not my fault. I got a pussy. What do you want? From <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's one time I felt really left out was they had the the girls over at my mom's. They had my mom had a jacuzzi, and the girls it was like three the nieces or three of them, and they had their friend there. And they didn't have bathing suits, but they wanted to go in the jacuzzi. So they're like, oh, okay, we'll just like give you like, you just go in your underwear and like give you white or like they got like white overshirts. And my mom was like, oh yeah, sorry, Austin, you can't come because the girls like their titties are going to be showing. And then I just like sat inside of myself and I was like, dude, fuck this. <laughs> this sucks, dude. Wait, how old were you for this? I was like 11 or 12. Okay. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, you that's still, a, that's, that, that's, it's a weird, but like also just being the only one who can't go is wow. like. Dude, fuck this. I mean, even though, like, look, I lived there and, like, they were kind of visiting. So, like, oh, I can use a jacuzzi anytime. But then, like, you know, I'm, like, alone, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm being, I'm clearly being excluded. And I mean, I get why, you know, but right. it's like, but fuck, it's still dude. the feeling of, like, I'm surrounded by people and I can't even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, just give them, give them a black t shirt or something. Right. So, I can't. Yeah. Do you have any dark colored t shirts? Yeah, what the all, fuck? You, you went through the fucking. I want to go in the jacuzzi. I want to hang out. Fuck. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear a white t shirt, too. I yeah. Much yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever you need. I'll just take my shirt off, dude. Yeah, my titties will be fucking out, dude. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, when, when, um. And so, you were bouncing from between your mom and your grandma. Yeah. Did you and then your brothers they went to live with your dad? They went to live with their dad, their then dad, then sorry. then with our grandma, then with our, like they bounced around a lot. Yeah. Until they were 8 and even after they were 18 like my my oldest brother would live with our aunt who didn't talk to my mom. Another weird thing, my mom and my aunt always had like my my aunt was my grandma's favorite. Like okay. my mom's mom's favorite, right? And then my my mom was my grandpa's fa like her dad favorite but like my my grandma was like the matriarch like she was like the dominant right. personality so kind of what she said goes so like my mom got ostracized my mom and my aunt didn't talk for 20 years wow yeah and then i walk into my grandma's house one day 
this is weird too because my mom for a while they got the same haircut like my mom had like gotten a similar haircut like short and dyed it blonde which my aunt had always had and i walk in and i think i hear i hear my aunt my aunt susan's voice and I'm like oh is it? and i see a figure come to the door and it's like that short blonde hair i'm like wait a minute that kind of looks like my mom but it could be and i was like is this susan because i hear susan's voice and so i walk in and my, my mom lets me in and then she just goes to like talking to her like they didn't like i just randomly walk in on them talking it wasn't the first time they talked in 20 years but it was like the first time i'd seen them yeah talk right and i'd seen them in the same room and just ignore each other too so i saw them in the same room uh talking the first time in 20 years and i was like it kind of like blew me away i was like what the fuck dude yeah. Very dis, very dysfunctional. <laughs> right. But then no, it, it sounds like it's like a lot of fucking chaos. Shit would go down, and then like shit would resume, and then it would be like nothing ever happened. Like they wouldn't talk about it. They'd just right. be like, okay, like we got into this fight, but oh, then fine. okay, I'll talk to you again. But I'm not gonna say sorry, and we're not gonna fucking hash it out. Yeah, I'm, we're just gonna resume where we left off. I guess right. you know. Right. Some people operate that way. I can't operate that way, but some people just... It's very, like, white. It's very, like, kind of wasp, waspish thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Very, like, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant kind of thing. Like, right. Very uptight. Like, oh, we don't talk about that. We don't discuss such things. Yeah. And then my other side, um, the grandmother I, li- I lived with was, was Puerto Rican. And it's, like, the exact opposite, right? It's right. like, I'm going to let you know how I feel. I don't give a fuck. Right. Oh, I yeah. fucking I love Hispanic people for that. Dude, they rule. They're fucking honest. Like I was thinking about this. Like when I was with my grandma, his, like Hispanic women love you so much. Like it's insane. Like my aunts and shit, they'd all remember my name. My my grandma's like one out of like eleven kids. All of them knew all the fucking grandkids, cousins. They all knew everyone's names. They always like, oh mijo, it's so good to see you. Te amo so mucho, and it's like kisses and shit. It's like, oh, this is fucking complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah, it's so warm, and I was like, shit, dude, this yeah. is like, it's almost overwhelming. Right. Because like I, when I was a kid, I grew up like, so I grew up white, so I'm just like kind of uptight, and I'm not like super affectionate. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. This actually makes me feel really good. Yeah. Why can't you guys be more like this? Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's tone down the whiteness a little bit and uh, be able to express ourselves in any way. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, yeah. it's not even an all. It's it's not all white people. But Italian it's people like are pretty like Italian people are basically like Latin, right? Yeah. Because like Latin, like Italy, Spain, it's right there. Right. And uh, they're very like expressive too. They're like they'll fucking let you know, which yeah. is, is nice. You know, I mean, it's not always nice, but it's like at least I know where I stand. I'm not yeah. fucking guessing. Yeah. You know? No, sometimes I find it. I find it. Uh, I find over. I find it super overbearing myself, but that's probably my own personal issues. Yeah. But it is, it is, you know, it is, uh, it can't, it's nice to just feel welcome somewhere, you know? Oh yeah. Was it when somebody just like, uh, smiles and says hi to you, you like, you don't know, sometimes like it really is like, Oh, that hits the spot. And you're like, yeah. Like, Oh wow. Like just a little bit of warmth, a little bit of greeting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause most of the places you go, like all the warmth is kind of phony. Right, you go to Walmart and they're like, "Hi." It's like you don't. You're paid to say hi to me. You know how condescending and demeaning oh, that that I hate. You're like a stripper. You're like a asexual stripper, basically. Yeah. You're like, "Ooh, I, you know, I'm your friend." Like, you're not my friend. Right. If you want to say hi to me, go ahead. But if you don't, you don't have to smile at me. Yeah. I can just go get my coffee. I don't need. I want it's my not, interactions to be genuine. Yeah, it's nice if the barista is like cute and friendly and flirty, but I don't need that. Like, you don't yeah. have to if you. I don't want you to like fake fake it. If you yeah. fucking if we talk, we're friendly. 
I wanted to be genuine or spontaneous, right. you know. No, I'm a, I 100%. Because then I, then I might, like, you know, you have somebody who's, like, friendly in a fake way, and then you're like, oh, I need help, man. Like, you need somebody to talk to, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, all right, like, you know. Why'd you, yeah, yeah. No, why I, would you, do, why, why would you, like, be all friendly? And they're like, you know, we don't have to be friends. We can be cordial. That's fine. Right. Right? But right. that, that fake layer of friendship is like, it very, it bothers oh, me a lot. It hurts. Yeah. That's the worst is when you think you have a connection with someone and all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, things got a little bit difficult, so I'm yeah. going to go ahead and pretend to be this person's friend. But those people are also the loneliest people. Yeah, yeah. They, they're 100% alone. But dude, I'm so bad at fake liking people, it's insane. Like, I, I can't hide, sometimes I can't hide my disdain for people. Right. It just, it'll just seep out, like it's this venom and it'll just fucking I think seep out, dude. On, I think that's better than <laughs> Yeah, but it gets me into fucking trouble a lot. Oh, yeah, 100%. A lot of people I hate, I, I have a problem with authority, if you couldn't tell by my special family. So like, a lot of the disdain comes out right. towards people who have power over me. And I'm like, oh fuck! I should have just been like, oh yes, sir. But then I just fucking my goddamn, yeah, my goddamn mouth. <laughs> no, it, it makes me feel better. So many people that I genuinely like think I dislike them. Everyone thinks I don't like. Them. <laughs> I've been trying to be friendlier, just because I realize that me at me at a kind of me at one, it it comes off like a negative five to people. <laughs> yeah, like I have no real feeling either way. Like I'm trying to. I'm trying to be more expressive when I do when I do like somebody. Yeah. Because they're key. I keep running to people that I'm friends with. I'm like, yeah. When we first met, I thought you fucking hated. Me. <laughs> I'm like, no. You're like one of my closer friends. I genuinely didn't. There's a lot of people that I'm good friends with that I genuinely didn't like when I first met them. Like my oh, best really? my best friend growing up, and like still, I don't have like one best friend now, but like still to this day, he's right. up there. When we were like we got into kindergarten together, and I just didn't like. I used to pick on him. Yeah. I really didn't like him. And then one day, this is really. This makes me sound like a. Uh, one day we're supposed to like play cars, and like we have to have a partner or whatever, because like they had this little uh, rug that's like a street, uh, you know, street map. You know, like oh, it's like you know, here's the road, and here's like the school and the hospital. And so you was like, we're just like grab a, a buddy to play cars, and I was looking for somebody to to buddy up with, and there was nobody. And then he came up to me. And it was like, oh, let's play cars. And I was like, oh, now we're friends. I'm so sorry. I was mean yeah, to you. Because yeah. <laughs> it was so nice, you know. And then I was right. like, and we've been friends. But like a lot of people, like even comics, there's a lot of comics I didn't like at first. Oh, who yeah. are like, I'm really good friends with now. Right. You know. No, it ha- I mean, it happens all the time. It's also like, I mean, so many people, uh, and I'm a part of this too. So many base everybody on your first impression. And especially yeah. in comedy, that's like the worst. It's the worst way to do it. Yeah. Because it's, you know, because... Comedy's so up and down, dude. It's so up and down. It's also such a superficial version of you that you present on stage. Yeah. You know, where it's like, even if they kill... There's people I've seen killed. I'm like, that that's killed, but that's terrible. And there's people I've seen bomb where I'm like, oh, that, that bomb, but that was great. I like watching some people handle a bomb. Because, like, the, the, one of the hardest things... You know, you can kill, you can bomb, whatever. Like, that'll just happen. There's so many variables. And if you do comedy long enough, you're going to figure out how to do well more often than not. Yeah. But seeing somebody just maintain a level of confidence in the midst of a bomb, that's... People don't understand how hard that is. Oh, yeah. Because I see people even who are, like, established, and I see them, like, kind of, like, shrink in when they don't. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, that even happens to, like, the best of them. Right. And like, if you can, but if you can maintain that confidence in the face of this this shitty situation, that is so difficult. Yeah. And I think people don't like they don't appreciate that enough. Yeah. They're just like this kind of, 
Uh, I mean, it's kind of like how you should do in life too. Like you just have to maintain confidence in the yeah. face of all these terrible things that are happening. I, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think of it as, uh, in like boxing terms where it's just like you have to be on your toes and in comedy, but also like you're saying, life. Yeah. Where if, if you're a boxer and you start rocking back on your heels, you lose all power. Yeah. You're, it's going to be, if you're standing up straight, you're going to get knocked out. You're going to get hurt. You're gonna, yeah. Even if you know you're going to lose a fight as a boxer, you're going to fucking You got to hang in there. Yeah. Duck the chin. You're going to take your blows. And you're going to keep swinging back even though you know you're not going to win. Yeah. So Jake LaMotta, like just being able to, you know, the raging, the guy, the yeah, guy from Raging yeah, yeah, yeah. So that guy, he was never knocked out. Right. He never got. I don't even think he got knocked down. He's a middleweight. Wasn't the big. But he had like one of those iron jaws. Yeah. And of course he had like Parkinson's later. But like you know. But yeah, he was a guy like that. Just the ability to take a punch in like right. a symbolic way to just be able to take a punch and keep coming. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite traits. And like just you know like fictional characters or like uh, fucking athletes, the just results. anybody who can just take a punch and just keep. Because I mean that's that's even not even a skill. That's just a trait. Yeah. You know, you either have it or you don't. If you yeah, don't, it's, it's not your fault. It's not but a talent. That ability to just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the physical uh, the physical uh, symbol right. of resilience. Like, you right. have that emotional or mental resilience, but the physical symbol of resilience right. to be able to do that. It's like, it's I, I, I love watching it. Yeah, it is beautiful. beautiful. Like, you see that scene in Raging Bull. Uh, Actually, I haven't seen Raging. You should watch it. There's a scene, so he fights this guy, and the, like this is a better boxer, Sugar. It's one of the Sugar Rays, and I forget Sugar if it's Ray a, Leonard or Sugar. Because I forget which one came later, yeah. but it's the older one from like the 40s yeah. and the 50s, and he was like a better boxer than Lamada. But Lamada, like uh, Lamada, was also a champ too, and they had this pretty big rivalry. And the, one of the last fights towards like the uh, towards like the kind of like you know a lot of those Scorsese movies, there's like the fucking rise and fall, and it's about when he starts to fall. He's in this fight. Uh, with with Sugar Ray and he, they're just like going at it and like he's just tired and then this is like this beautiful scene it's amazing because then just like it the camera like adjusts and then it kind of zooms out and then like uh, Sugar Ray is like covered in a silhouette like in a shadow right so he's a shadowy like for he's not even a person he's a force of nature yeah and then you just see him just, just like Lamont is just too tired and he's like fucking he's up against the ropes he's like come on and then you just see him pummeling Lamada and his blood is going everywhere it's an amazing scene but he doesn't go down right. he just keeps hitting him they he TKOs him the technical knockout it's not an actual knockout yeah. he's just and in the soul scene just him just taking this beating and then uh you know fucking sugar ray wins and then lamada goes over to him like face exploded bloody you know nose and he's like you never got me down ray it's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite scenes like any movie that's i, I gotta fucking see you should watch movie. it dude it's amazing it's a so taxi driver raging bull and king of comedy i would put together like it's a martin scorsese trilogy yeah. of the like self-destructive young man kind I need of to thing watch him i've seen i've seen taxi driver you seen king of comedy no you watch yeah watch raging bull and king of comedy uh king of comedy is almost the same movie as taxi driver but it's like uh it's you know it's a, he's a comic there's no guns there's no like explosion of violence but it is a very dark movie about like an isolated kind of delusional person yeah and they're both they're both uh the new joker movie they both but they borrowed it super that. heavily yeah. from Taxi yeah. Driver and King of Comedy. Because yeah. it's almost the same story as King of Comedy. I mean, not exactly the same, right. but it's very similar. A lot of the same beats. Yeah. No, it's a, Taxi Driver is a phenomenal film. Oh, yeah. Like a, I, I need to watch those other two movies because people have told me I, I'd love Raging Bull for years. Yeah, Raging Bull. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Um, 
Back to you though. Okay, so you were you were jumping around. Did you ever settle with one of them, or was just constant jumping around? Um, I lived with my mom, so I was about eighteen, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm not getting child support from your dad anymore, so you know, I have to like rent the house out or whatever." I'm like, okay, I mean, and then uh, I went to go live with, back to go live with my grandma, where I lived with, uh, you know, I could go to community college, and then like given she got to stand up, I was like still living with her. Uh, and yeah, I went back to my, and then I stayed with my grandma for like a, like a while after I turned eighteen up until like my mid 20s yeah um yeah i don't know i was really close to my grandma like she kind of did a lot of the things uh that my mom should have done but my mom you know she's a single woman she had three kids uh she owned a hair salon so like she had a lot on her plan and her fucking family life was a disaster right yeah. so it's not like she just decided to fuck off one day just things were difficult right and so my grandma kind of took over as uh, my like main maternal figure yeah and okay, yeah, and then that. Did, have you gotten as an adult? Have you gotten close to your mom at all? Or is it just no, just, man. I I was, I was a big mama's boy as a kid, dude. And to oh, then, really? Yeah, it was funny because uh, so my brother uh, recently passed away, uh, committed suicide, and uh, so we had a family. You know, we had a, you know family memorial, and like a bunch of the family came. And we're talking with my cousin and my cousin and my aunt, and they're talking about like they remember how my brother Michael was as a kid. And uh, they go, uh, yeah, he was such a mama's boy. He was such like a, you know, we're like, Karen, you're going to, my mom's name is Karen. Like, Karen, you're going to make him just into this huge pussy. He was the biggest mama's boy until Austin came around. And then it was like, <laughs> and then my cousin like said something like that, but it was like, I was like, oh, thank you for not calling me a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but then after like I moved away, I just, uh, I don't know, kind of, because I was like really attached to her. And then I went to go live with my grandma and I kind of was not the same. Right. You know? Yeah. It's isolation again. Yeah, isolation, but like I just wasn't I was never that close to my mom again. Like I live with her again, but then we would fight all the time and right. she was like, You're different. It's like I'm fucking a teenager. Of course I'm different. Yeah. She was like, you know, you don't come around and like you used to be so talking to people and like was like mom, I was living with a fucking seventy year old woman by myself yeah. for like four or five years before I came back to live with you. And I'm also a teenager. Like, of course, I'm moody and fucking reserved and shit. Yeah. But she was like, she wanted things to like be the way it was. It was like, no, we can't go back to that's gone. You know? Yeah. Um. But n no, not really. Like, I, I always just it's easy to just open up to my grandma because she just like she took the responsibility of being. Well, she wanted it, dude. Like, honestly, like some dude, women, ugh, women get so territorial and possessive and shit with like male children with like their husbands like like mother-in-laws and and like fucking wives will fight yeah. like they'll get territorial over like it's like this is because you like men is more men are like more overt, overtly territorial like fucking step back bro yeah but women have this like constant like cold war fucking thing going on between right. them my grandma just wanted to have like a, she only had my dad she had one son and i think she was like oh i get to have another son yeah. Right. Like, let's see what I can do. My dad says, I'm like, she was like, let's see what I can do with a kid now that I have some money. Right. And it, I turned out way worse than my dad. So, <laughs> but, you know, money doesn't make everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, your brother's passing. Did you ever, did you re get a chance to reconnect with them? No, dude. So, me and my brother Anthony's still around, right? So, he's yeah, the oldest, the oldest. one. 
but Mike was the middle one. So Mike was like kind of the the, in between. One. Well, he was like we were both closer to Mike, I guess, in a sense, because I was there closer in age, and they have the same dad, right? I was me and Mike lived together longer because yeah. Mike went came to live with me and when I lived with my mom when I was a teenager, and me and Mike like looked alike too. It was weird because they were half brothers, but me and Mike looked way more like than than michael and anthony michael and anthony very different looking right me and mike i mean he's a lot taller than i was but than i am but uh we've like looked way more similar um but yeah and i live with him longer and it's like a little bit closer with him but we had some bad times dude like he got on drugs he went through every drug like so you know every, my family big drinkers everyone's alcoholic gamblers fucking smokers the whole fucking thing he got you know smoking weed all right weeds whatever you can smoke weed right uh, you drinking alright he can't handle drinking too well fucking drinking to uh, what's the fucking next oh cocaine he got into coke ran out of money oh I can't afford coke anymore what do you do meth better bang for your buck right get into meth but you know meth makes you know coke makes you a little fucking weird meth makes you I think meth is actually what people think cocaine is yeah right people think cocaine like cocaine you get a little bit of a bump and you're a little but it's not like meth makes you insane yeah like you there's this insane euphoria like you ever see somebody like smoking a crystal pipe? There's like a right. there's a certain when they fucking blow out this fucking fat plume of smoke, it just it's just boom. It's like yeah. somebody can compare like is like smoking crack is like you ring the bell, like it just, it just there's a switch and it just like Immediately. boom. You can see as soon as that cloud of smoke goes away, you can see it in their eyes. Yeah, it just like boom, like it just yeah, like a movie almost. And then he got into meth, and then he got into opiates eventually towards the end of his yeah. life. Because he had a he had multiple sclerosis, so he started doing like you know he had to take pills pain, and shit. Pain, yeah, and then uh, yeah, he got into opiates, uh, and then yeah, so just this fucking the, he ran like the whole gauntlet. It was crazy. And he he was in his own. There's when there someone's on that much fucking drugs. There's not really it's, you can't really maintain a connection. No, dude. He was, yeah he would, and he get real crazy too. Like he. So, uh, this is a story that's, uh, I don't tell a lot because it's pretty fucked up. Uh, but, so, you know, he, he got on a lot of drugs. He had problems with, like, women with relationships, right? He'd get, like, possessive and shit like that. And, uh, you know, he, and then my mom had kicked him out. My mom had kicked him out, I think, a couple of times and let him back in. And the last time she kicked him out, she had the cops just show up to escort him out. But she didn't tell him to leave. She just, the cops just showed up and yeah. escorted him out. So, I, we were watching TV. Another thing, our family just doesn't say anything. We're watching TV. Cops come in. All right, get your stuff. You know, you got. We got to take you out, man. And I, I was just watch, I was just sitting there watching this, like, what the fuck is happening? What What era of drugs was this? That was uh, between coke and meth. Gotcha. Somewhere along those lines. Um, I don't remember which one, but but it was around that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he started doing meth. One time, he came over to stay for, while my mom was gone. And he brought his friend, Tim. So my brother had, he bought like a shitload of Coke and he was going to go to like Lake Tahoe. And I, I don't know exactly what his plan was, but he was just going to go. And then he didn't go to Lake Tahoe because I guess the place he was going to stay at fell through. So he just came to my mom's house. My mom was gone with a bunch of Coke. And his friend was like, all right, man, you can't do all this Coke yourself. You're going to So they tried to sell it, <laughs> but they stayed there for a few days and just like they're doing Coke and shit like that. And, um, uh, that was the first and then his friend showed me how to make crack <laughs> and he was like when am I ever gonna use right. 
Yeah, so we made crack and we smoked it out of I don't even know if this is how you're supposed to smoke it we smoked it out of a can because we had nothing else uh-huh. and I don't even I didn't get a hit off it but I think maybe he hit it first and I didn't feel anything but he might have burned the rock up before I hit gotcha. it so then I, I hit it and I felt nothing this is the first time I did coke it was that time I did coke and I was like oh I'm not big on this yeah I didn't like it and I stayed away from coke for a long time because of my brother like you know I was a weed I was a fucking stoner so I was like yeah dude fucking we don't fuck with that dude gotta you know smoke weed dude smoke the herb (laughs) Um, and then uh, yeah so that happened and then another in the future after shit was getting real serious my mom would always like exaggerate and shit so I was like I was like mom you're fucking exaggerating so she'd always exaggerate about him and I would defend him like mom he's not that bad like he's not that fucked up on drugs he's fine and then uh, he came over again after my mom had kicked him out. I think this was after the police escorted him out. My mom was gone for like two weeks. So I was getting a little crazy. You know, I was like having people over all the time, smoke weed and stuff. And my brother comes and then he spends the night one night. Everything's cool. I mean, like, we throw the football around a little bit. And then the next night I'm on like Facebook. I'm just like chilling on Facebook. I mean, I'm high smoking weed, you know. Um, and then he comes like bang at the door and I let him in. And then he's just like his agitated, like he's fucked up. Like I I never seen him really like that. Like I seen him fucked up, but like not like that. Yeah. And he's just agitated. You can tell he's hot. Like he takes his shirt off, he throws it. And then um I'm on Facebook, so I'm in the computer room. The computer room is like right next to like the living room and the door. And I'm on I'm on Facebook, I'm just like zooming stuff, and he's like coming in, he's talking to me about like life and but he's like mumbling, dude. Like he got fucking he's got like meth mouth or something. Not a meth mouth. But he's got like uh you know just mumbling and shit like yeah. he's fucked up it's like i don't incoherent. he's incoherent like he's like drunk or he's on meth or whatever and it had to be like a mix or something because yeah. it's like that's not just drunk um and he was just going off and i was kind of like on facebook like, listening to him and then he started getting like mad because i was like looking at facebook while i listened to him and uh he started like kind of getting threatening to me and i was like hey bro like look like, i'm letting you stay here man he's like you're not letting me do shit and i was like dude like what are you and like he starts getting more and more threatening and then i'm like dude I'll, i just told him to try to like diffuse it i was like i'll call the cops and he this is some shit this is the shit he said it very coherently which was scary he was like uh do you think the cops will be able to make it here in time whoa <laughs> yeah he's like, what threateningly means that's that's pretty uh that's pretty up and down and yeah. that shit was coherent i fucking heard yeah. i fucking yeah. oh, i understood just, yeah. <laughs> i understood every word of that yeah um and then so uh he comes at me right and we start wrestling and this is the thing i was talking about like i fought him off like he was not a good fighter right. he was tall and lean maybe he could have been but like he was kind of a pussy dude. <laughs> and uh we we're fighting and like we we're fucking wrestling around the computer room knocking shit over and then there's the computer room and then there's a little uh back hallway there's the laundry there's like a bathroom wash and then into the kid like entrance into the kitchen we wrestled that we were like fighting like struggling physically through that whole way knocking everything over. go to the kitchen knock the fucking answering machine over knock fucking you know dishes and shit everywhere and i get him off me i get him off me and then i'm like uh, i'm like i'm trying i'm still trying to defuse it i don't want to fight him and uh i was like you, you look man like i know you're going through a hard time uh i love you but i'm not going to do this and I, I i walk away i turn my back on him right you should never they say walk away from a fight but you shouldn't walk away you, you should away. back away yeah right Hunter Thompson says some shit is like you don't ever turn your back you turn your back on someone don't turn your back on a drug yeah right so I turn my back and then he fucking gets me in, a, in a, like a rear naked choke 
and he gets me in the rear naked choke, and he has me on the stairs, and I'm like struggling to fight, and I don't remember this whole thing like verbatim. What, did, did it feel like he was trying to hurt you yeah. or trying to intimidate you? It's like trying, trying to like physically dominate me, hurt me. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, but so, it the point. He wasn't trying to kill you. He was trying to assert himself. I suppose, man. But like, it seemed pretty. It cool. was you, he was on drugs. You don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. No. I mean, maybe just angry and shit. <laughs> uh, Sorry. It's all good, man. Take your time. Yeah. Um, but so I don't remember exactly what happens. Either I get out or he lets me out. Right? He lets yeah. me out. I think he lets me out. And then I'm like, I'm like fucking holding my neck. Like I never, I never been choked out before. Right? Yeah. This is before. This is before like. Sucks. I was seventeen. I'm seventeen, so I'm thirty one. Is fourteen years ago. This is before the big MMA craze. Right? We we weren't fucking doing chokeholds yeah. on each other and shit. We were like boxing and things like that. And then uh, yeah, I get out and I'm like trying to like collect myself. And he starts like screaming at me. And he's just like, you know, clean this shit up. And then I just, I kind of had this feeling of like, you know, shame, embarrassment, anger. It was like, dude, I have your back. I'm defending you yeah. to mom. I'm defending you to grandma. I'm defending you to everybody. Right? Everyone's like, Mike, Mike is a drug addict. He's a piece of shit. And I was like, no, man, Mike's cool. He's just having a hard time. And then I felt so angry, dude. And uh, he, so like, I fucking pipe back up at him. I'm like, no, fuck you, man. And then he comes like, who's like, what? And then he tries to like come back at me. And uh, I had some friends over earlier that day and we were smoking weed and somebody like, they just like, one guy, he had a little knife and they just left it over there, right? So I, just, I had it in my pocket. And uh, so he comes at me again. And uh, you know, I don't remember exactly how everything happens, but so I, I come at him, I meet him, right? He's coming at me, I meet him. I slam him up against his door and uh, I kind of, I kind of black out. And I, I, I popped him at like around the clavicle area with the knife a couple of, like two times. I don't remember doing it twice. I remember doing it once. I don't remember doing it. I, I hit him twice. And then I drop it and I'm just like, holy shit, dude. Like, what the fuck did I just do? And then he's like, dude, you fucking stabbed me. And I was like. <laughs> I, you said that with like, dude, where's my car tone? And that I'm sure is not how it was at the moment. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about comedy. Bro, let me tell you something about comedy, Tom. It's all about building tension and then releasing tension. Dude. That's what I'm doing here. I'm doing comedy. <laughs> May not seem like it. <laughs> but yeah, it was like that, and I was like, dude, like I was like, dude, fuck you. I, I said something. I think I told him like, man, you're going to jail or some shit like that. And I leave. I, I fucking run away, and yeah. I go, uh, I go to a friend's house, and then Did you uh, tell them what happened. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I don't remember exactly. But I went to my friend's house, dude. And it was one of those days we used to smoke so much weed, and we got so high, and it felt so good, dude. It felt so, like it's one of the like you ever just have like you get drunk or like you know do you do acid and you just like you're, you're I feel, doing, you feel yeah. good. You're doing the uh, you're doing mind altering stuff to feel the release. Yeah, the that that healed me. That was some medicine, dude. Like we smoked. We, we had, my friend had a nice bong. We're smoking. It was like fucking medicine. Just yeah. hit you straight to the head. And so um, then I go back and then I, you know, kind of clean things up like the next day or a day two later. And then my mom is still gone. Right. So I'm like hanging, you know, hanging out with people smoking weed and stuff. I get, um, I took my mom's car out. I found her keys, took it out. I get popped. Uh, I don't have a license. Uh, I'm like really high. I don't know how to drive a car. Um, and then I get cop of the cops, right? I get a, I get like a DUI for weed, which is like really embarrassing. 
<laughs> really embarrassing. Yeah, and then I go, I, I go mean, to. You didn't smoke some weed. You were fucked up high. Well, I also didn't know how to drive, so I was like, sure. I was fucking swerving. I was like driving. I was going seventy. And the car, you know, it's a fucking SUV, so it doesn't handle well. So you know. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I go to juvie. Uh, I'm in there for a while. Uh, my friend, what I had was a that like it sucked. Yeah. So my, I had a friend who he got caught for selling weed. He sold a bunch of weed. We used to hang out. He, I would, I was like his right hand man. He swung me out. I'd go with him. He sold weed. And uh, he, when he got caught, he like wrapped the. Uh, seatbelt around his neck and was like oh i'm gonna kill myself and like okay like they're like hey relax buddy they take him to a mental hospital or like you know um so i try i tell i tell the cop the same thing like i'm gonna kill myself i was like thinking like oh i'll go to a mental hospital they still take me to juvie they still take me to juvie like (laughs) oh this guy they're fucking got they're fucking like processing me like this guy's a fucking winner over here just talking shit to me I'm like, I just told you I was gonna kill myself. What do you guys do? So they put me on suicide watch in juvie. Uh-huh. And so the, here's the thing with a lot of suicide watch, they don't give a fuck about your mental state. They're just preventing you from physically killing yourself. Yeah, in right? juvie. Yeah. If you were carrying my mental state, you wouldn't put me in a fucking cage. Right? right. You don't give a fuck. They put me like they strap me at like they don't I don't got clothes. Right. So they give me just this like green yeah. this green that's a green mat. Okay. It's a mat I strap on to wear. Yeah, and I'm sleeping on the fucking bed. I got nothing. I can't have books. I can't have anything. Um, they let me like put on some clothes to go outside for like an hour for the physical thing, and then I get out and I was like maybe a, a couple of days. I don't remember exactly. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a long time, right? I'm white. It's fucking. Trust me. People will be like, oh, it's not. Like, no, dude. If you white, if you middle class, the system is like, oh, we'll just get you out of here. It's 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 definitely kinder. Yes. Yeah. So I get out. My mom's pissed. She's fucking like, you You know, you fucked my car up. I have to go get a, rep- I had to get it out of the pound. Uh, uh, not the pound, the fucking uh, uh, impound. <laughs> the car pound. Yeah, the car pound, you know, adopt a rescue right. car. Uh, and then she pissed at me. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. I get, I get pizza. I watch a movie that night. I'm kind of relaxing. I'm like, just fucking mad at it. You know, I'm just glad to be out of there. And then the next day, it's 6 a.m., 6.30. I hear a knock at the door. I go downstairs. I'm just in my underwear. Sometimes I just answer the door. I'm like, hey, sorry, you know, get mail or whatever. And I open the door, and then I see outside there's like a bunch of cop cars. And uh, the cops are like, hey, we want to ask you some questions. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me go get dressed. And I'm about to close the door, and they put their foot in the door. They're like, oh, actually, we can't let you. Uh, we got to be with you. And I was like, oh, okay um i thought you're just gonna ask me some questions yeah and so i go upstairs and they watch i get dressed and like they're watching me and then like the guy one of the fucking guys is like you don't have any drugs on you do you and it's like why would i tell you you fucking piece of shit right but the funny thing was i had so i had a stash and my stash was this like it's this weird little compartment i had them on comic books in. i had a bunch of comic books but it like behind the comic books i had weed i had like all this you know, other shit like rolling papers yeah. things like that all my pipes are back there and I was like, no, but like they were standing like right next to it, but they didn't even think to look there, right? Right? Because it just they're like, oh, it was like it was like right between the dresser and like the fucking closet, uh, you know, the the fold out door. They didn't look seem to. So I get dressed and they arrest me, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, and the, one of the detectives was so here's the thing: the detective brings me in. They're questioning me. You know, it, the, the guy is kind of sympathetic because he's like, all right, well, you know, I was telling him my story and my story and my brother's story. My brother had called the, the ambulance or he called 911 yeah. to take him to the hospital. And then he gave the cops. He told the cops what happened. But his story was like crazy. It was like that. I just attacked him out of the blue. It was that he was telling me not to smoke weed. And then I attacked him. That was his story. 
it was so crazy. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like also, little brothers don't attack big brothers. It's not a right. thing. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm getting interviewed by this detective. And there's there's another detective like right next to him, and the, the guy's name was Detective Olson. He was a redheaded guy, and I was like, oh dude, I know you. And I actually I recognized the other detective too. They were they were our old dare officers in fucking. I got arrested by my former dare officer, dude. Is that, that crazy? Kind of fucking rules. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Yeah. But then they're all busting the first the, the first detective. He was the first one to do the dare program. The other guy tagged along, and kind of yeah, took over yeah, from him. Yeah. Uh, the guy who actually arrested me was like the second dare guy. The first one was uh, Officer Olson, he was Detective Olson or whatever. He's, he's a nice guy. But then all the other guys were like, yeah, man, you didn't do your job. <laughs> they were busting his balls. He's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, like dare didn't work. Um, did, they, did they figure it out first or you figured no, it out? No, I figured it out. I was like, dude. You were did, my dare officer. I went to St. Paul's Lutheran uh, K through 8th grade. Yeah. And he was our fucking dare officer. I was like, dude, did you, were you in the dare, like, did you teach the dare program in like yeah. St. Paul's? And he's like, yeah, I did. It's like, I was in that program. That fucking rules. And he was all like, he was all disappointed. And so like, what are you doing, Austin? <laughs> Come on. I don't know if he remembered me, but like, you know, I remembered it's, him. It also, I'm sure, humanized you to a, to a degree. I'm sure as a cop, it's fucking, it's hard to like. Like, that's a brutal job in remembering, like, all right, they're all people, they're all, you know. Dude, my stepmom was a cop, and she was saying, like, a couple times that like, she's interviewing some guy, and she felt bad for the guy, because I guess, I don't remember what it was, but it was my, maybe a domestic violence case. But this chick had kind of, I guess the the woman, I, I don't want to make it sound like blaming the victim, but I don't remember exactly, exactly but she felt bad for this guy, because he just kind of got wrapped up with the wrong woman, and then he, I mean, I don't even domestic, it might, it might have been, like, the drugs or whatever. Sure. And... Uh, she felt bad for this guy. He's like, yeah, he just got caught up with the wrong woman. Like this, this woman like brought him into the shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you can have sympathy, but it doesn't matter, right? Because I've That's I've law. been arrested after that, where the cops are like, dude, we hate to do this to you, man. Like you seem like a good guy, yeah. but we we have there's a I I also later I had a warrant out. I got arrested because I didn't make a court date for probation that never made the court calendar. It was a clerical error. So I was arrested later as an adult for a clerical error. And that's yeah. the cops were like, dude, we fucking hate to do this to you, dude. Like, yeah. we just got to take you in. You seem like a good guy. Um, but we got we to take you in. But so back to this. So I go back to juvie. Right, I get out and they're like, "Don't come back." And then I fucking a day later, I'm yeah, back. They bring me right back in, which sucks, dude. That's the that was like the worst, dude. Going right back in, and then one of the guards is like laughing. He's like, "Oh, welcome back." And I was like, "Fuck, dude." <laughs> so that, I, then, I had that a lot of mental hospitals where people would get people would get released, and I'd be like, I, "I'd be like, I don't know if they're ready to be back to, to get out." The next day, so someone who was four hours later, they got yeah. readmitted. Dude, a lot of these kids, like in juvie, they didn't have the right support structure. So, like, they would go back, and like maybe their mom is like working four jobs. They don't have a dad. They got too many kids, yeah. or whatever. Like, poverty is like fucking real shit, dude. Oh, Some sure. of these people have nobody. They have like old ass grandparents they live with, but like they can't yeah. fucking take. They can't take them to the the school or the doctors or like PTA meetings. So, like, they got no supervision. Uh, and they just they give fucked back up because like they got no support structure. They're fucked. Yeah, they're they're fucked in or out of the system. Yeah. I go back to juvie. I'm there longer uh, this time, right? I didn't I didn't tell them I'm gonna kill my. They're like, you want to kill yourself? I was like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in there. All oh, this there was like when they're processing me this other time. Uh, I don't remember. This is the first time or second time. This is mostly the second time. This is like sweet old black lady. She's so wonderful. And and she's checking me in. And there's a fucking uh, notorious 
B.I.G. Juicy is playing on the radio. And I was like, oh, and I'm kind of nodding my head. She's like, oh, you like the song, sweetie? I'm like, yeah. So she's like, oh, I'll turn it up for you. And so she like, uh, you know, I told her like, you know, she's like, are you religious? I'm like, uh, not really. He's like, all right, well, I'm just going to put you down for agnostic. So if you wanted to some services, you can't, it was real sweet to me. After yeah. the first time, the guy's like, you're a fucking loser. Right. You should fucking kill right. yourself. Oh and, yeah. And then another guard later was like, they brought in a psych evaluator and it was like, a, it was like this like attractive woman. And the guy was like kind of trying to impress her. He's like, yeah, dude, I think people should just kill themselves. <laughs> and it's like, dude, and the lady just looked at him. Like, are you fucking serious right yeah, now? Yeah. And I was like, dude, she's not going to fuck you. <laughs> you yeah. fucking loser. You look up kids' buttholes with a flashlight for right. a living. Yeah, yeah. You think this chick's going to suck your dick because you fucking told some kid to kill himself? Um, but, all right. So, uh, back to the, the story at hand. So, I'm in juvie for a while, right? I'm kind of a shelter kid, right? I didn't grow up on the streets. I didn't get into a lot of fights. You know, live with my grandma. My grandma has some money. I'm not, you know, seeing the way a lot of these kids got to live is fucking crazy, right? I'm in this thing. Yeah. Kids want to fight. You know, it's fucking, you know, they, they're talking, you know, guards openly talking shit to you, like worse than anything like a football coach ever said, right? Like right. just fucking, you know, nasty shit. I remember one time we were, we were doing, I was, um, since, since I got arrested the second time for, for assault with a deadly weapon, right? This, uh, I was, I don't remember what it's called, but I wasn't allowed to, like, I couldn't volunteer to, like, clean up or, like, work in, you know, like, they'd have some of the guys, down. yeah, not, not quite locked down, but, like, I was confined to one, like, cell area. I forget what they were called. Yeah. I don't know if it's cell blocks because yeah. it's a little different for juvie, right? So I'm confined to, like, that. And I'm, on the, and then, so they do a thing where we're outside doing PE, they have us play dodgeball one day right and they say all right it's all the fucking like i don't say max security but it's like all the kids like on lockdown or like high security risk or whatever versus like all the non ones which is a terrible light because like all the aggressive kids all the all the fucking (laughs) all the fucking stabby murdery rapey kids and then just the fucking oh this kid sold weed or whatever and then we were playing dodgeball but they didn't give us they didn't have dodgeballs because they're fucking state funded and obviously they don't have money for that what do we hit we get basketballs we get volleyballs we get soccer balls to play dodgeball with so you have Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you have fucking gangbangers you have fucking pekawas dude you have these fucking vatos and shit and we're just fucking chucking these balls at these kids and then it gets down to just like one or two kids on the other side like fucking running for their lives and then these this is how nasty we, this side was that i was on i was on the bad boy side because i'm a bad boy right. <laughs> and uh so I would go, I'm going up to throw and some of the kid like knocks the thing out of my hand. He knocks the ball out of my hand that I was about to throw. They just start stealing balls. We just start stealing balls from each other to throw. Right. Because this is how just shitty. They all want to be the guy to fucking end. We're animals. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you treat, like we're already kind of fucked up. Right and now you, you make us ourselves. into greater animals. Then we just, yeah. yeah. And then this kid knocks the ball out of my hand, pisses me off. So I fucking shove him. And then uh, they do this thing where they hit the whistle. And then when you hit the whistle, so like get in the like fetal position kind of or else they'll fucking spray you and uh as soon as as soon as i heard that whistle bro you'd never seen anybody get into that fetal position faster dude i was immediately just like (laughs) i don't want to get mazed i don't know i I, you know i'd been in a couple fights since then but the kid wasn't like big he wasn't scary or anything i just shoved him they didn't even write me up for it because they were like that kid was like a shithead too like the couple other kids like they were like nice to me which is weird when you got like somebody like walking, you know, like some guy's like, oh, I gotta fight this guy, and it's like some fucking scary looking kid, and he's just like, oh, what's up, man? He's yeah. like, oh, you like fucking, you like Eminem? Oh, cool, me too, dude. Right. And then you right. be like, 
I don't know. It's weird. The people who are mean or nice in these weird situations, right? So then I'm in there for a while. My mom is like so sad. She's like, I'm so I can't believe Michael did this to you. My dad comes in, right? My dad comes in to visit, and he already had trouble visiting because uh, I guess there's some. When my mom had me, she didn't like mark my dad down immediately as the father, ah. so we had to get blood tests, and like I look just like him, right? Um, but so my dad comes in. He he finally manages like jump through these loopholes. Comes in, you know, and then I'm all weepy, and I'm like, Dad, I'm just like so sorry. And he's like, Shut up. <laughs> and he's like, Look, dude, like you've been fucking up. And like he just gives me this. Like he just rips into me. Like my dad is not an angry guy, yeah. but he just rips into me, dude. And he just he started talking shit to me. And honestly, it helped because it got me angry. I wasn't sad. I was like angry. I'm like, All right, fuck this, dude. I don't fucking need you. I don't need nobody. And he's like ripping into me and he's like, dude, you got to fucking sort your shit out. Dude, if you were fucking 18, you were in prison, you'd be getting raped right now. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like that, but that made me so mad that I could, I was able to get through this because yeah. right? I'm, I'm like a hard guy. Like these are the kids that are fucking hard. They have to live on the street. I'm just, it's not who I am. I'm not going to say that like I'm this fucking guy right. like them. You've been through some shit, but it's, you're not a gang banger. You're no, no, no. I didn't have to grow up like that. And yeah. some of these guys do. And it's like, that's why they can't they're fucking conditioned right like yeah. you're an animal you gotta live in the jungle you're gonna do jungle shit you know yeah. it's fucking um but that helped me kind of get through it eventually i got out like i got it we got a good public defender i don't even not even maybe like a week i don't the first time was like a couple of days yeah second time was like a like maybe four or five days like a business week or something but even then just being there for a couple of days that's a jarring experience getting out you breathe out the sigh of relief and immediately get shoved back into it. Yeah, dude, imagine. that's rough. Dude, I imagine you had some trust issues walking out of there the th- for the fucking... Well, that's like, honestly, that's part of my... I always distrusted authority, but then that was like... But th- so something that makes me really mad is like, all right, I got, a, I got a real good deal. I'm fucking white. Socioeconomic status is better than most oh, of these yeah. kids, right? That's like... It's, it's legit. It's not like people like, oh, no, this like, there's no racism. It's like, there is. No, it's a ju- it, But the racism is a judge being like, I don't like this fucking kid with this nappy hair and he right. fucking throws him into right. and i seen the way these kids they just didn't you know they didn't have a chance yeah. there was you know one kid in there like for stealing a projector and he was just in there for months i got out in five days yeah that's fucking insane yeah. right this system is fucked so that's another thing that just made me so angry was seeing the way right these other people because they weren't all mean some of the kids were fucking nasty to me the day i got out the day some i got just out just looked mean and they were nice like you were saying some of them were nice yeah. and th- but that kid was a gangbanger that kid ki- might have killed somebody yeah you know and he was cool to me i was like damn dude like i'm just a white boy you, you know maybe maybe you fuck me up and get some rep or something um i uh yeah and th- so the day i get out we go, you know, go to the court. My public defender, she just fucking um, demolishes the district attorney. The district attorney didn't even know who I was. She's looking it up. It's like, oh well, he's a he's a bad uh, he's a bad I, uh, boy. I thought he was black. My yeah. <laughs> no, she just yeah, she yeah, she, yeah, she going yeah. And then my my defender's like, your honor, up until recently, he's never had a problem with the system. He gets good grades, da 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 da, yeah. and just destroys this lady. And it was like, when you have somebody fighting for you like that, it's like. God damn, maybe things aren't so bad. You know, you just, right. sometimes you, like, you need an advocate. You need an advocate sometimes because yeah. you're on your own in life and you need somebody like around or whatever. And yeah, they got me out. And this is the fuck. As I was talking to this kid when we were in the holding cell, and I thought he was just like a white kid. And uh, he was like talking about like how he got here and it's like, oh, my fucking stepdad. Like he told the cops that he was his brother and his stepdad was like, no, that's not. He's, he's this one. He's not that one. And I guess he's like, oh, my fucking stupid stepdad. And he's like, 
you know, he's just going on with his fucking sob story. So I tell them I'm getting out. I go back and I'm just like, fuck you, I'm getting out. And then this kid I was talking to was like, being, like he turns on me. He's like, yo, man, I fucking hate white people. And I was like, aren't you white? Like, I didn't know what, like, he's, he wasn't, he wasn't black. He yeah. wasn't, I don't think he was Mexican. Maybe he's like M- Armenian or something. I don't know. Right. But I thought he was this white dude. And then, so this is what happens. So I don't, uh, then he like, he gets the entire holding cell. They all like stand up there for the guild. Let's fuck this white boy up. And I think I'm the only white guy there. And then like everyone like gets to their feet. Right. And I'm just thinking like my, my mind starts like going real fast and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I'm got to fight all these guys. But then I remember something I heard. Right. So in juvie in juvenile hall, if you fight, you can't go home that day. So if you get into a fight, can't go home. And so these guys are all like, not all of them, but like enough of them get to their feet and kind of start walking over. And then I think I'm like, oh, I got to fight these guys. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. They're just trying to bait me into fighting them so I can't go home that day. Yeah. And so you know what I did? And uh, this is going to sound like I made it up. I just start laughing at them. And then they all go back and sit down. That sounds like I made it up, but it's no, fucking I, true. I 100% believe It's it. fucking true. I started I, laughing. I was like, oh, you're trying to fucking bait me so I can't go yeah. home. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. And then I got home. I went home. And then I was on house arrest for a while. <laughs> But it was, it was called home supervision, and I was only allowed to go to school, but I was in charter school. So, like, I barely, I, for, like, I didn't leave the house for months after that, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I, and so even to this day, I, from that and, like, from being raised with my grandma alone, I get weird around people. I don't feel comfortable around people. No, like, I, I get, I need space. I need a lot of space. Yeah. I'm a home buddy ever since then. Because, like, I was, I was trapped in a house for, like, two months where I was like, oh, you should be able to go to school. I go to charter. And I could only leave if I went with my mom. My mom was always working. So I, I was literally, I couldn't even, I wasn't even technically supposed to be in the front yard. If I was in the front yard, there's a violation that could take me back to juvie. Wow. So I was literally stuck in a house for like months by myself. Yeah. Um, could you invite other people over? No. But I did have some friends come over and visit me yeah. at the middle of the night, which was, because technically they wouldn't come in the so middle of the night, but they say they would, but like, you know, they're not gonna. Right. They come in the morning, the afternoon. But yeah, my friends, and I, and I had to answer the door for him no matter what time, right? So if I was like, if I slept through it, I could go back to juvenile hall. Um, and my, I had these friends like just th- started throwing rocks in my window in the backyard and I, like I let them up and then we just like start hanging. Like the two friends I went to go stay at their house after I stabbed my brother, right? Uh, and they just come, they come visit me a couple of times. And my friend, my, my friend who also got rolled up, I think he came by once also like kind of later yeah and we just hung out and i was like fuck dude thank you so much for coming through. It's, I, yeah, i'm yeah. i'm uh, literally the only person hanging out with yeah. me i had my two dogs and i had my grandma would come and they adjusted it to make it so my grandma could like take me to the bay so i could walk around yeah uh they get exercise because i wasn't you know they thought oh you're going to school but i was going to charter so i go to charter for two hours right and you're in a room it's not like school where you're like interacting with people and so yeah ever since then i've been weird around people dude like i don't yeah. feel comfortable around people it for sure changes especially those teen years man they're impressionable oh yeah yeah they're super they're super impressionable did you when did you talk to your brother after that after <laughs> so i didn't talk to him for years dude no, no. i could imagine <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all hey man all water under the bridge yeah. <laughs> four years i was 21 and a bunch of the family you know my my other brother my cousins a lot of people that were in town but now everyone was still living in town. It was like around the holidays, and we went to a bar. So I was 21. I could, you know, got drinking. We go to a neighborhood bar called the High Dive on Morena in uh, Bay Park. 
and uh, everyone's there and then i see mike my brother and now he's got like short shaved hair little beard kind of looks like a little a little like criminal uh you know it's kind of like a criminal like kind of and he's got some more tattoos since the last time i see him and he comes up and he gives me this fucking shake he's like yo what's up boss it's good to see you and i was just like oh i don't want to fucking yeah so you know i talked to him here and there after that you know the family kind of got back together he eventually like had a kid it was but it's still one of those things like we're just not gonna talk about it well usually but one time at my mom at my mom got later she got a a new better boyfriend who had a way nicer house yeah so we'd hang out at his house a lot to have parties and uh one time we were hanging out like for dinner and then Mike, my brother Mike had like his friend with him, some girl, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, this is the brother who stabbed me." <laughs> and he pointed to me, and he's like, "Oh, it's all good, Oz." And he fucking gave me like the handshake dap thing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> it's all it's all good, Oz." <laughs> yeah, that was the, the f- <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that was a, then we talked for a while, you know, and then he he eventually like he would get better, get worse, you know, get a job, whatever. Yeah he met a woman who was like also kind of like in a weird spot just like him in a bad spot i don't want to talk to me but he had a kid right he has a kid it brings everyone together right um so you know kind of like my brother i think he just wanted to uh when we were growing up like his parties all the time we're going to tecolote playing baseball we're going to mission bay for fireworks barbecues everyone's drinking everyone's having fun we're playing poker poker he, night he, want, he wanted the kid to have that kind of no but my brother mike just wanted to get back to that and he yeah, could yeah, right because that's yeah. a big part of drug use i think is just you want to keep on having fun yeah and the thing is as an adult you can't fun has to stop you gotta, you gotta go home yeah but he just wanted to keep having fun because he remembered how happy he was as a kid. Right. And then, you know, everything got fucked and up. Dr- drugs are really one of the only ways you can have fun yeah. in isolation. It make you, it's just fun. You, you know, even if you're like, you got a cocaine problem, you're just sitting in your room doing lines. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And it's like, it shouldn't be. That should, but it's, your fucking brain is like, we're having fun now. Right. But um, yeah, so he had a kid and it kind of brought everyone back together. But then once, you know, the fucking sheen wears off, back to reality well now you have to like make money all right he didn't like working that much no my mom ends up like kind of mainly taking care of the kid um and then kind of everyone kind of goes their separate ways and then he starts getting back into drugs but now it's opiates because he has ms and he was getting prescriptions and shit and you know he reverts back to those same behaviors right so he was a good dad he was like very loving but uh you know kind of loses the bad custody battle right my mom and him are teamed up against the mother. They're about to win custody. Then my brother comes into court and says, Your Honor, I've been doing drugs. I've been doing this. Lose the custody battle. And then my brother tries to go after my mom. He turns on her, kind of further isolating himself. And then the last time I talked to him, I think I just texted him. I remember like... Well, I went to we went. He tried to get a restraining order against my mom to come to my grandma because he lived in my grandma's house, and he wanted to get a restraining order against her. I don't know how he got the money to get a lawyer for that, but then we all showed up and we're like, "No, my mom's not. My mom's actually helping out around the house." Yeah. This gets that's the last time I saw him, and just seeing he came in by himself, and then seeing all of us against him, you know, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, uh, I must imagine from his perspective, it must have been brutal. Right. Last time I talked to him. Yeah. I texted him. Or he texted me, I need help moving. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fucking help you anymore, dude. Like, I had to go to fucking court at 7.30 a.m. 
to defend my mom against a restraining order you brought it were you are you afraid for your life what the fuck is yeah that's the last time i texted them and then that was fuck it was 26 maybe 27 that was around when comedy stopped being fun for a little bit yeah uh so i was also just kind of like you know when i started doing comedy uh, you know i had that whole fucking thing i didn't have a job and then it kind of like brought my spirits back up for right. a while you know obviously it wears off just like everything does it, it, come, it comes and goes you know you gotta run with it and that was the last time I ever uh, contacted him yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so uh, the last time I ever talked to him like four or five years ago then i uh found out the news uh it fucking sucked dude it fucking sucked because it was august 1st i move into my new place i move in i was in the valley move in to like franklin village hollywood yeah wait you know pumped oh i get to move to this new place my birthday is august 5th august 4th i uh <laughs> i wake up to a text and it's from one of my cousins i'm like what the fuck is she and it's this long time i'm like what the fuck is she texting me for and she was like, oh, and I'm so sorry to hear about Michael. And like, da 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 I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Because nobody else had told me. My my brother, my other brother wanted to wait because it was my birthday weekend. I thought I was partying, but I was just at work. So, my, so you know, this is a well-meaning cousin, but a little bit of a, one of those people who always kind of says the wrong thing at the wrong yeah. time. The one that's always talking. Yeah, like the verbal klutz, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I'm kind of pissed at first, and I'm like, what the fuck is my is my brother dead is this how i found out my brother's dead i was fucking pissed at first and i was like i talked to my mom and she's like oh we didn't want to tell you and i was like just fucking tell me like they'd always tell me shit late and i'm like just tell me when it happens i don't want to be that, fucking out of the loop that me, it fucking, it i hate it dude me so much. we didn't want to upset you, you. It was like now i'm more upset because yeah. i had less time to deal with it yeah um they didn't want to ruin my birthday weekend so the next day was my birthday and i did a show in fresno and i was like fuck dude so I didn't even, it was, first I was angry, and then I was, I had to go get gas, and I was, like, driving around, and I drove, I, you know, I get gas at Costco, I got a Costco, so I'm trying to find a Costco gas station, right, not all the Costcos have the gas station, yeah. I go to one in, like, Burbank, it's kind of far from where I live now, there's no fucking, you know, there's long lines, fucking, every, traffic everywhere, no gas station, and then I start losing it, it didn't hit me until then, I'm just, like, in this fucking trapped in this fucking parking lot, and I just start going crazy. Like, I started just crying and shit. And it was like, what the fuck? Because, um, I don't know, shit hits me weird, you know? Yeah. Like, it just, it doesn't, I guess I was kind of like in shock for a while. But then, yeah, I just found out about it. <laughs> Next day was my birthday. And I'm like, fuck, dude. It was in Fresno. It was fun. Uh, you know, I, I did, I went up there with a couple of friends of mine. And we did a show. It was fun. It was cool. Yeah. I had a fun set. Um, but, uh, you know, the, for a while afterwards, I was kind of like up and down. I kind of went back down. I uh, after the memorial, the memorial was real nice. You know, I did a little eulogy. I told a couple of jokes. I had a joke landed. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was also I was weirdly competitive because I wanted to do better than my brother's eulogy, right? I was like, like sure. my, my, my other brother is always talking about the memorial story I've ever heard. I had, <laughs> I had, a, I mean, honestly, I had a couple of real big pops, but I mean, I don't know. I I liked his speech. He did a good speech too, yeah. um, but. Uh, you know, the next day, I take mushrooms at the beach, and uh, with uh, this woman, I'd kind of like see every now and then when I went to San Diego. And uh, so, th at the 
at the memorial, they my cousin made this really nice montage. And it's like, you picture my brother and there's like music. And the first song that opens up is this song called Paradise in My Mind. It's like 70s folk song. And the chorus is this kid. And the kid's singing is like, uh, <laughs> this is tough. Uh, my name is Michael. I got a nickel. Right? And it's like, you know, it's, it was beautiful, like the montage. The next day I take, you know, my friend, she's like, oh, I have mushrooms. Like, why not? Fucking, let's knock it out. Yeah. This is a nice day at the beach. I take some mushrooms and then she was talking about her brother and her brother's also named Michael and she was saying oh you know my brother used to sing this song and she started singing that song and I'm like dude stop dude you stop fucking stop yeah and then I start to lose it I said that then I started to like have a meltdown the next day um and I couldn't this is a fucked up part I couldn't stop thinking about him because he jumped off a bridge I couldn't stop thinking about him walking up to that song and that song's playing. I'm like, fuck, dude. And I just started like, it was. I was a mess. Dude. I was wearing basketball shorts because I didn't have any trunks on me. I was like, I went to the ocean, so I was like shirtless, sunglasses on, crying, <laughs> crying in my fucking wet basketball shorts <laughs> in the middle of the beach. <laughs> and it was it was fucking brutal, dude. Yeah, I it was brutal. And then, when, uh, was, when did when did when did that? Was that this August? Yeah, the memorial was the 26th. Yeah. And then that happened like the next day. More was 26th or the 27th of August. It was like a Sunday. It was like two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was real fresh. And uh, fuck, dude, I started to lose it. You know, I, I, I kind of like make it by, kind of get a little better. But then this chick just drops me off. Which kind of sucked because, like, if you're having a bad mushroom trip, like, you ideally want somebody to like kind of stay with you and come for you, but yeah. she just did. She freaked out. No, she didn't freak out. She just kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> fair, I st- I, I kind of stopped seeing her after that. Like, also, yeah, I, I saw her again, and I and I, I had so that night is when I I had a beard and I made a mustache because like, ah, oh, well, fuck it. Like, I need to do something to deal with this anxiety. I can't just yeah. sit around and be anxious. I'm by myself. I'm kind of coming down. Mushrooms make you emotional the way like acid doesn't. And so I'm kind of coming down, and so I just shave into a mustache. She also told me she didn't like the mustache. And I was like, okay, I don't give a fuck with you. Uh, fuck you. For you. Yeah. yeah. No, so she sucks. She also, like, it's weird. That chick didn't, like, have a maternal instinct. Like, I don't know. That's a big turnoff for me. If a woman doesn't have, like, any maternal instinct, not that yeah. she does or doesn't want kids, that's not, but if there's that kind of warmth that a woman will have. You, and that, you, you appreciate empathy. That's a fucking deal breaker for yeah. me. Like, you want, you like empathetic people. Especially, I mean, especially if, like, from a woman, like, a, a certain warmth yeah. is very comforting right. when things are fucking bad. And so then I have the mustache. You know, I embarrassed. I was like texting people. Like I was like drunk texting people. I drunk texted this girl I liked that I was flirting with, and then she kind of gave me like the pat down. I was like, you know, I think I, fucking it was horrible. I was like, oh, I think you're look, you're real, you're real sweet. I think you're real special. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm just returning the positive energy. I'm like, no, dude, no. Um, that was another thing too. I got caught up with this chick who was like real support like she got she like went out of her way to like like she texted me the day of the memorial it was like you know i'm thinking about you and shit like that and then i you know i maybe probably got a little too like intense like intimate because i was like oh you know hey like you're real sweet you're real beautiful like you're inside and you're beautiful inside too i mean also going really i was really that you want some sort of connection i was being very gay Uh, (laughs) right um, and then, so I thought we had a thing, right? Because like she like flirt with me hard. Even before that, she like she like she like do the kiss, like not a blow kiss, but like she like kiss kiss face to me. Like when I walked in, like 
and i was like oh that's a little suggestive yeah uh, a lot of like touching and shit and then i tried to make a move a little bit afterwards because we kind of like she would like kind of get hot and cold and shit and like we'd flirt and then like she'd back off sometimes but then like i'd kind of like one time like i didn't text her back and she called me yeah. and i didn't answer and then she's like oh are you you know you okay what's that and then i saw her later and she's like she came up to me like real like sheepish and like kind of timid you know sometimes a woman will like sometimes like a woman like will kind of i don't want to make it sound chauvinistic but she'll kind of like submissively come up to you in a certain way i don't know it's, it's weird it's, it's, it's an animal it's an animal thing you make you make you take the lead in, uh, yeah but they'll like offer it up to you and she comes up to me she's like you know i know the world doesn't like revolve around me but i was so worried about you and then i hit her with a line i think kind of worked i was like oh you're worried about this cute and i walked away <laughs> but it was like hot and cold back and forth never really knew where i stood and then i w- made a move and she was like oh no and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, shook, dude. Yeah. And uh, that's when shit started getting... And then I, my mental uh, health started really deteriorate after then. Because uh, that hit me. Because I was like... I was like... I was to talk to her later about it. But I was like, dude, like, you know why I was like opening up to... Like, you know why I would think that, right? Like... Yeah. But she was just trying to be like, oh, you know, we're friends. And like, we don't... You know, I was like... That's not like friend. You know, it's not like friendship. It's been a window thing. I mean, you know, I, 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 there's things like I look back now. I'm like, oh, I fucking was too intense. Like I said some weird shit here or there. You know, I was pretty fairly emotional. But yeah, then, like, I mean, that's if there's a time in your life where you're gonna be intense. I assume that that, that would be more. But like, if you're, them. but if you're not already fucking, then it's like, you know, it's like, ooh, people will get scared. People get spooked. Yeah. Right. And understandable. Sure. Um, but that and then that shit started to really set me up. Like, so I was kind of handling the brother thing well until the mushroom trip the mushroom trip is like i had some real dark times after that like august wasn't even that bad like i did a bunch of comedy i was like all right dude comedy's like i wrote a joke about it and i was like it was feeling good and then september it's a great it's a it's dude that that joke is i i, I gotta see it. it's like you you know what it is it, it's the difference between me watching you set the first time i said i was like this dude's really funny the second time I was like, this motherfucker's real shit. <laughs> Dude, he's funny, but this motherfucker is real as shit. You have no idea how, because this is the thing with like that joke. When I do it, if it hits good, it, it's this feeling like I can't explain it. It's just like that fucking, just makes me feel like, oh, maybe it was worth it. Maybe it was worth it so I could get this, <laughs> maybe I could get this good bitch. Maybe, maybe my brother's fucking miserable life uh, was worth it so I could have an extra two and a half minutes of material <laughs> to do for no money. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, you're, you're, t- you're talking about the, you know, the, these dark moments. What, I mean, this is, this is, this is also, if I'm asking anything you don't want to talk about, but like, no, man, what, 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 what was the, what was the fucking cycle in your head? It was, you know. Well, so my friend, my friend Brian Simpson, I was talking to him about it. And he was oh, Brian. I want to get him Brian. Brian is fucking amazing, dude. He's just like he's just. I, I feel like he's the guy. Like he's the guy who could sleep at any time or at any time. You could say like the wisest shit you've ever heard. Yeah. Either it could go either way. Yeah. He's gonna nod off or drop. Yeah. So yeah, the mushroom trip kind of set things kind of spiraling a little bit, and then like I made this move on the chick, and she was like, "Oh no, we're friends," and I'm like, "Oh." And uh, he was like, "Yeah, that was your life preserver." So like, yeah, this like the hope of like being with this chick was like that was fucking holding you up yeah that was your and then she pulled i mean she not pulled the rug but you know probably got spooked right it's like getting a little tense yeah um and then uh 
that then I started like so. My I just I got real dark, dude. Like I was just like really sad a lot, really angry. Uh, and that I mean, what do you mean my mental problem? Like yeah, just real dark, real angry. I, I was drinking a lot for a while, then I stopped. I stopped drinking for a minute, which uh, that helped. Yeah. But dude, like I gotta tell you, like uh, the other day, like I had this real bad night at work. I wanted to throw this guy out. They didn't. They I threw like I I kicked him out because he was like drunk. Like he was drunk. He was like fighting with me. Right. Not like physically, but he was like arguing. Like I was gonna yeah. seat him, and he blows right by me, grabs the seats. Like hey, I'm saving these. I'm like you can't save these seats, dude. And he just kept arguing with me. I'm like all right, dude, you fucking. Go-. He also didn't. He didn't even recognize that he'd blown by me. He's like oh the guy sent me over here. I'm like I was the guy, you fucking idiot. Like I was the guy you thought. Yeah. That's how fucked up this guy was. So I kick. I have him. I have security kick him out. And then the manager lets him back in because I guess his sister showed up with tickets. Oh. Uh-huh. And they and I'm like I see the guy back in line and I'm like what the fuck, dude? And then I talk to the manager and I kind of get into it with one of the, the with the managers. I kind of like one of the managers like grabs me by my shoulder and he like digs in. He's like yeah, because I'm like I'm like fucking I'm heated. Yeah. And then uh, that night, dude, like we got off. I I, I get to leave. They, they, the other guys let me go early. They're like, all right, you get the cut early, dude. And. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so then my, but then where I live now is like a, a bridge and I, uh, like what? Fuck. So I walk over to it and I'm not going to jump or anything, but I like look over it and just thinking in my head, listening to music, thinking about it. And I was like, I want to see how like far I can go. Right. So I just like, uh, <laughs> I just jump up on the chain link, just kind of looking over it, for like not even that long, just like for a few minutes, like maybe a few moments. And then uh, I kind of look around, I get a little spooked. I'm like, what if someone sees me? You know, cause, cause my fear is not like, what if I do it? My fear is like, what if somebody sees me trying to do this and they take away my freedom, right? They're like, oh, we got to put you in a mental hospital, right? Because they're just physically trying to prevent you from doing it. I, I wasn't going to do it. I was just seeing how kind of far I could go, right? Like, right. kind of, you go to the edge and kind of want to see like, Ooh, what's that? You know, you get that feeling of like how far to the edge I can get. And it wasn't even that tall of a bridge. I might not even die. I might have just been crippled or whatever. But I wasn't going to do it. I was just looking over it, right? And then uh, I see a car stop. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want the car like stopped for a minute too because I saw it pass before I jumped on the chain link. So I jumped on the chain link fence like that's like, you know, the barrier. It's kind of hanging on the little concrete that my feet are on. And then the car stops. I look over there. I'm like, oh fuck, dude! They're probably gonna call the cops. So I just like jump off. No, I don't jump. I don't jump off. I don't care. I, I didn't kill. Spoiler alert! Didn't kill myself. Uh, I just get off, and then uh, the car drives away. And then I was actually supposed to walk my friend's dog. So I was like, oh, I can't kill myself. I gotta walk my friend's dog. Right, right. <laughs> Which is taking care of another another creature is like that's something that gives you this feeling of anytime I've had to take care of a pet, I can never be that sad because I'm like, oh, I, I can't. I have to fucking take care of this thing. Yeah, you know? not 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 just living, but just things in general. I really do feel like uh, when you're in when you're in the pit, and you know you're not ready to climb out of it yet. Yeah, then clean it. <laughs> clean the pit. Yeah, clean the pit. Take care of something. Yeah, sometimes you're gonna something. you're gonna sit in the pit for a minute. Yeah. you're just trying to distract yourself, right? I mean, that was the mustache. So like, you know, everyone's like mustache. Like, I just had a bad mushroom trip, right. and I needed to change something. And a lot of oh, times, you kept it though. 
I mean, I wasn't gonna. I kept it for one day, and then I got home, and my roommates were all like, your mustache looks cool. And I was like, all right, dude, this is me yeah. now. And I actually had, <laughs> well, part, partially that and, like, a, the thing with my brother and things getting too real. A chick stopped fucking me, partially because of the mustache, but also partially because of all the other. So I don't make it sound like she just stopped fucking me because of the mustache. Right. It sounds like she wasn't emotionally <laughs> equipped to handle. It was a lot. I, there's, yeah. like, a lot of shit I shouldn't have told her either. Like, I should have just kept it to my fucking self. Right. right? It was just like, now I'm like, so when you're in that position, you just want to like, blah, well, let me just vomit everything out. But then yeah. it's like, when you get back to normal, you're like, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just kept my fucking mouth shut. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's honestly like, that's something, that's something I'm really missing right now is just like having somebody you can just fucking open up about shit to, uh, it fucking helps. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's what standup is for me. Cause I mean, like now that I'm doing like darker shit, but I don't, it's the way I deliver. I don't deliver it in a dark way. I deliver it in a kind of a silly way where it's yeah. like, uh, and that kind of helps. Cause like sarcasm is like a defense mechanism. So you, sometimes you say something you mean, but you just say it sarcastically. Cause you, you, ha- you want to have that shield of being like, Ooh, you can't fucking get me for this. Yeah. I'm going to say it and I mean it, but the way I'm going to say it, you can't tell if I mean it or not. I'm, right. I'm hiding my intent a little bit. I'm kind of fucking, uh, camouflaging it. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Um, I will say, man, like, like the, you know, uh, it seems like, I mean, you're still going through it right now. Yeah, I'm okay now. Uh, Like right now you seem like you're doing better, but like just that shit happened recently. Like if shit gets bad, here's, here's what I'll say about, cause I've been to a bunch of psych wards Mm -hmm. and they're not going to change your life. They're not going to fix everything, but here's what they will do. They will make sure and they, they all do this, that you won't die. They will make sure that you get a, you get a second chance, or for me, seven chances, <laughs> fucking somewhere between 12 and 16 chances yeah. to stay alive. But that's all you can do. You can't like fix everything, right? You can't. It, you can't. It, it's not a fucking magic fantasy yeah. story. Yeah, it's well, and that's how it's always presented is, you know, you, you go into a psych ward, you shoot basketballs with Zach Galifianakis and everything's better. But like it is a you know it is a thing you know it, it, where like if that's if that you know and you don't need it right now of course but you know like dude that that's some heavy shit that just happened to you yeah some truly heavy shit mm-hmm. you know and it's like man I want you I want you to be okay I didn't process <laughs> I didn't process how recently this happened. Yeah, it seems like a long time from well, it seems like a long time it was like after it happened, every, people who knew were like really sweet and caring about it. and then sure. you're still sad after a while but then everyone else kind of like moves on because they got their own life they got their own things to worry about and you're forever. like i'm still sad yeah. and everyone else is just like oh yeah we'll like we'll be like everyone when i came back to the store everyone was so fucking nice to me yeah. everyone was like hey cool hey, I don't, everyone told me they liked the mustache and i was like all right some of you guys fucking don't right i know some of you don't but that's fine right there, there are people at the store that i've never heard say they like anything <laughs> yeah but everyone was so nice to me and then uh you know i got that but then it's like kind of like then okay back to our thing and it's like all right well i'm still pretty fucked up i'm still pretty fucked up so uh, you gotta like be okay like asking for help sometimes and sometimes you gotta like cheat a little bit you know like i don't want to say like sometimes go get a little fucked up one day don't don't do it every day but go get fucking smashed go fuck a stranger one day or you know go fucking you know if you if you can do it where you can like all right it's a day i'm gonna fucking gorge myself and emotionally eat yeah. if you can do it one day and not the next day yeah cool 
do it. Go be a little bit of a piece of shit for a minute, right? Because it's just like, look, I'm fucking sad. And honestly, the big thing that's been helping me is is drugs. Uh, drugs have been helping me. Various drugs, right? Not like not like not married to one drug, right? An acid or whatever. As long as you're really fucking careful, man. And sex, yeah. sex is a big one, dude. Yeah. Like jerk off a lot or fucking go. You know, I don't know. That's the other thing too. Is like that's as I've been on antidepressants for a long time. And honestly, they don't. I for some people they work. I don't feel like they work for me. I'm too afraid to go off them because you become dependent on them. But the one, the ultimate antidepressant is fucking coming. It's the. It can't be. It's it fucking is almost foolproof. It's almost foolproof. Like it will always be like, oh, you're tricking your body. Like exercise is another thing. You're tricking your body and like, hey, release all these good feely chemicals. Yeah. You know. No, that that makes sense. Uh we fuck, I didn't realize how long we've been. You went pretty long. We did. I gotta, it's okay. Is it okay if I ask you one more question? You don't have, I can cut this out. You can you don't have to answer this. Yeah, no, go, if you shoot it. Uh but I usually I mean it depends on what the guest is talking about. I usually end with a question along these lines. Once again, you can skip if you want, but it, you know, if you had a chance to talk to your brother today. You know what would you what would you say to him? Oh man! Oh shit! I thought about <laughs> That's this. That's why I gave you the. <laughs> you got me, man. You're gonna make me cry before the. I came close a couple of times. Um, I don't know. It it bothered me, man, because uh, <laughs> he called my mom right, not like right before he did, it, but he called her like in July, and I guess like around Fourth of July, went to like meet up or something. He called my other brother. Uh. Motherfucker didn't call me. Hey, maybe, you know, maybe your boy would like a call. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe I had, uh, you know, like, uh, when I saw him again after all those years, and he's like, this is the one that stabbed me. It's all good. <sighs> maybe I'll just tell him it's all good, Mike. You know? Yeah. I don't know. What else can you say? Like, you know, he's, you'd fucking think of all these things you're going to say, like... I'm going to confront somebody. I'm going to say all these things. And it's like, even after you say all those things, you're like, oh, fuck, I should have said that. Right. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's never done. Like, you're just like, oh, man, I should have should have hit him with this line or I should have hit him with that line or whatever. And, uh, you know, what's yeah. more to say? You can keep it short, simple. Yeah. You know, it's all good. Sure. It's it's uh, fucking jarring. <laughs> it's jarring to me, man, because uh, you know I was I was the older I was the older brother who kept trying to kill myself mm. as a teen, and when you said that, I remembered uh, the uh, the first major attempt. Like I had to be in the ICU. I had you know uh, call my parents, uh, talk to my little brother when I called my mom, called my little sister, called my youngest sister, and I didn't have her current phone number. Oh no. So I just left the message for her on a stranger's phone oh, number. Oh fuck! And all I could think, oh fuck! All I could think, I didn't see what was happening. It was just like, hey, I just want to let you know I love you. You know, yeah. Uh, just shout out the dark, love you. Hope you're having a good day. But I just left out. Uh, it was, she didn't. She never received that. And all I could think was, uh, yeah. It's I, all I could think is like, man, I, she wouldn't have ever gotten that she would have been only yeah not to, sorry i don't mean to make it about me in this moment no no moment. go ahead 
They just, yeah. No, it is your podcast. You can make no, it about you whenever you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. been talking a lot. Uh, no, and that's, but that's that's most of the episodes, man. Is I, 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 I want you to talk a lot. I want to hear your, you, you know, I want to hear your story. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's it's jarring, you know. I mean, all I all I can say, I don't know your brother, but just because he didn't give you a call, doesn't mean he didn't care about you. Yeah, you know. Well, it's and the fucked up thing is like, uh, he was the funny guy and. I'm not gonna say like necessarily he made me want to do stand up, but like he's the guy I would repeat shit he said in class and get everyone to laugh, and yeah. get in trouble with the teacher. And so it is like uh, when I go up on stage, it is like very cathartic, yeah, because it's like it's it's an homage kind. Yeah, I do this like he asked me one time, he's like, "Aren't you afraid the audience will laugh or whatever?" I'm like, "Dude, you're like the funniest guy I fucking knew growing <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. give a fuck? You know you're funny." The, 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 you know you, and that was the crazy thing to me it was like you know i think if he had so honestly dude like i think if he had gotten to stand up and i didn't i'd be the one who's dead i would have killed myself yeah you know that's the fucked up thing is like if he had found something like that just like you know, he was people thought like hey he's very charismatic when he wanted to be if you got into acting or comedy or whatever he could have been Maybe it could have been, maybe not, but maybe it could have helped him, given him fucking a direction. Even though, like, you know, comedy is kind of a directionless thing, right? It's, everyone's like, oh, you're wasting your time or whatever. It's directionless. Here's, here's what I'll say to that, not to interrupt. I think it's directionless if you're looking for approval. I think if you're trying to create, I think it's a beautiful outlet and it's a beautiful, yeah. you know what I mean? If the goal yeah. is creating great jokes, creating, building yourself as a performer. Yeah. Then there's a lot of direction. Yeah. I think the problem is there's so many distractions to the other things that don't really matter. Yeah. You know, sorry, I didn't mean didn't mean to I, I No, no, you no, you're right. You're right. But I'm you know, um But I get what you mean at the same time. Because people will say like, Oh, you know, you know, other comics will be like, Hey, don't like this will be like a new comic, don't get in a stand up. Yeah. But I mean for some people, like for me, like I was out of a job. I was real depressed. I, it was after I got arrested for that clerical error. So I stopped going to community college. I stopped doing everything. I just fucking, I just lived in my grandma's house, piece of shit. Didn't do it. I just, I got into reading books a lot, watched a lot of movies, got into a lot of weird uh, niche interests. Um, and uh, I didn't, I wasn't doing anything. You yeah. know, I was like, oh, I'm going to become a writer. And I never fucking wrote anything. You know? right. I, I wrote like fucking six pages that entire period where I just wasn't working. I wasn't going to school. I wasn't doing anything. And then I got in a stand up and it kind of was just like, look, if this thing does, does or doesn't work out, like this is what I want to do. You know, this is like, I, I got up. This is just, this is like the, because I got into a lot of things over the years I liked and they quit. This is one that I, I don't think I can quit it. Like if I quit it, I'm think I might die like that's that's yeah, it dude no, i can't i can't and it's just like it's, yeah. i'm locked in so like all these other times i hear people like this some comp some big comics like i dropped out of i dropped out of law school to do comedy you know ken jong i you know i'm stopping a doctor it's like go be successful yeah. what's your fucking problem right <laughs> let me have my thing man yeah. i have to have this you can be a doctor you can be a lawyer you can be whatever i don't know if i can be anything else yeah i don't you know? know what else i would be yeah I, mean, I I legit I don't know I don't I didn't know who I was before I started doing this. It'd be a would be a stain under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I'll queue up uh, under the bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, I'm oh, kidding. <laughs> I mean, you can hit me with a uh, jumper. <laughs> the no the di I did shows in Fresno the fifth and the sixth. The the after the show on the sixth. Um. 
right the show's over they're closing up jumper comes on and i'm like fuck dude like you know anytime you try not to th- like anytime you've like been in love or like your heart like everything you hear on the radio yeah. is like a love song and then like i just kept hearing all this like shit about bridges like right. mazzy stars yeah. like look on down from the bridge and i'm like fuck yeah stop mocking me was god this, was this the chico's yeah, it was the Chicos. Yeah, you know what's hilarious? Right after my uh, my friend and roommate, he he died uh-huh. in a fentanyl overdose. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Uh, no, but it was it was uh, uh, it was about it was a, a year ago this November. And the next weekend, I was at the Chico <laughs> having a meltdown, talking to his ex. Oh like, man, so dude! The, book, the poor Booker has dealt down with both of us. <laughs> I will say this: Dave Carrion is the sweetest man. Yeah, dude. We stayed at his place. We got yeah. beer. We got pizza. He's fucking amazing. He's yeah. so great. He was such a great host, and it's such a fun fucking show. And honestly, like I talking, like he was talking to me about it. Like this is the first time I, I mean, I met him like once before, a little bit. Yeah. But you know, we just like had a real deep conversation. He was. It was a great guy. It yeah. was a it was one of the best situations yeah. I could have been in right after it, right? Because it, it was my friends Kelsey Lane yeah. and, and Trey Stewart. They did the show too, and I was just oh, I was yeah. just I, I was just in a good yeah. I was just in a good situation, dude. It yeah. was just the honestly like the best place I could have been. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I we, we should we should wrap this. Up. Yes. Where can th- thank you for being so fucking fucking uh, vulnerable and honest on this. Well, man. thanks for having me, man. It was you a know, great episode. Where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at. Austin uh, underscore train um, Instagram Austin underscore train you can find me over there you have a website or anything anywhere else you want to plug any shows coming up um, I got some shows in November at Zinc in downtown LA I'm doing the Comedy Palace in San Diego December 20th and 21st um, and I got a few other dates so just gonna check my Twitter check my Instagram I'll be posting about them cool awesome man actually you know what I'll, I'll plug this this Saturday I'll be in because I know there's some Santa Cruz people uh, you know what? I'm not gonna plug it. I'm gonna cut that out because I don't have the info in front okay. of the venue. <laughs> but dude, thank you. Thank Thanks you so much, Sean. Damn. <laughs>